And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Flashback Fridays. I am your host, David K. Montoya. This is where we get together each and every week, and we pull three podcast shows from our JZO Modcast archives, and we listen to them, we ramble about it for a couple minutes, and then I send you home. It's that simple. Very quick and easy. Well, not quick. It's usually around three hours. So I hope you have three hours to kill. Maybe you're driving on the way home, or driving to work, or driving... To the pizza parlor, I don't know. But at least I'm here with you every step of the way. All right, kids, let's go ahead and just dive right into this week's podcast adventures. And get this thing stirred up and ready to go. Okay. So for this week's first show will be Sheer Darkness number 26, released on July 28, 2013. And this one is A Gift Fit for Prince. This week, Terry and Dave discuss the possibilities of what would make a good gift for the new Prince of Cambridge. Then Then Dave gives a royal couple a few ideas from Shakespeare when reading a baby a story. Afterward, Terry questions the proposed tax of increased California sales tax on cigarettes, which somehow leads into aliens. All right. Yes, this was shortly, well, I think, I don't remember when the prince was born, but it was right after the the prince of Cambridge was born and, and we got together and we had a, a few laughs and, and kind of talked about possibilities of gifts. And I think you're going to enjoy what we have, or what we came up with, rather, uh, for ideas. All right, so here we go. Episode number 26 of Sheer Darkness, A Gift Fit for a Prince. Greetings, everyone. I am Terry D. Shearer. And I am David K. Montoya. And I bid you welcome to Shearer Darkness. Now, tonight... You'll have to excuse me. Um, had a rough week. I've been sick. And I haven't really had much of a chance to do any kind of uh, research or background for anything special for tonight's episode. So we're going to pretty much ad-lib this episode. But... I'm sure we'll be able to come up with something that's at least semi-interesting. First of all, I want to thank all of our all of our listeners, all of our new listeners as well. I know there are thousands of you out there now that are that are listening and downloading these podcasts. And I really appreciate that. Again, I do apologize for my uh, condition, but uh, it's, it's been last week just about. I've been feeling just extremely poorly. Uh, Friday I had a 
an episode of atrial fibrillation that lasted 21 hours and left me just uh, totally wiped out uh, for took me several days to just recuperate from that and I had to go in yesterday and have more blood work done Monday I had a CT scan of chest and abdomen uh, I go back to see my new oncologist on Friday and hopefully uh, we'll be able to work up some sort of new treatment plan okay. uh, but in the meantime um, oh yeah we, uh, we we each have our own uh, emails email now so if you have uh, comments, questions, suggestions, uh, just want to drop us a line and donate money, that would be cool. Uh, email is sheer darkness, sheer darkness rather, uh, all lowercase, all one word, sheer darkness at jazomon.com. That's J A Y Z O M O N.com. And if your uh, question or suggestion is uh, pertinent and interesting, we'll put it on the air and talk about it or answer your question right here on the podcast. So that's sheerdarkness at jasonmon.com. Um, <clears throat> usually uh, we let Reaper Rick do the uh, news portion on, on his on his show but he's been so busy with uh, other activities on his show he hasn't really done a lot of news lately so I thought I might just step in for a while and um, share some noteworthy news with you and uh, the uh, biggest news story of the week, oddly enough, is the uh, birth of a new heir to the English throne, British throne. I'm sure that nearly everyone has heard about this. Uh, Prince uh, George, John, Paul, and Ringo were, I was born on Monday, I think, uh, and went home yesterday yeah that's right and uh, this is of course being recorded before you hear it on Friday so anyway uh, and for two days you know most of the major uh, news channels were just a buzz with when the baby was going to be born and when it was born what his name was going to be and when he was going to go home and where he was going to live and what school he was going to go to, and then uh, CNN and, and several other stations as well wasted several hours talking about um, what kind of baby gift could you buy for someone who has everything. And the kid is only four days old. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have everything yet. In fact, I I could probably name at least a hundred things he doesn't have. So if anybody is really, really wanting to 
send a present to the new prince. Um, here are some suggestions. For one thing, um, great gifts, <coughs> excuse me, great gifts or movies, DVDs. Um, you never have enough DVDs. I'll bet you Prince George doesn't have any yet. <coughs> you know, uh, DVDs aren't like uh, VHS tapes, which uh, get stretched out from rewinding them and get faded after you watch them, you know, 200 times or something. I can vouch for that. I used to go through porn tapes all the time, but now with porn DVDs, you just watch them over and over and over, and they're crystal clear. A DVD, you can watch over and over and over again as long as you keep it clean and it's packaged you can pass it on to your own children when you die so DVDs are an excellent gift for anyone and no one has enough DVDs so what you have to think about is what kind of DVDs would appeal to a child oh I know I know how about Prince and the Popper? Ha 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 ha. bump bump. No? No laugh? Well, alright, what would you give him? You want to give him something that he can associate with. Child-like, children-type. Uh, for instance, the Chucky series. Uh, Chucky, Bride of Chucky. Chucky does Manhattan. Ah, that is a good pick shows what little kids are capable of doing and it's something that a small child would I think really appreciate uh, also the leprechaun series here we have another little person and the Brits have some sort of uh, connection with Ireland still so uh, the young prince could see what the Irish people are really like I Fight and you may die. Run and you may live. At least a while. And dine in your beds. Many years from now, would you be willing to trade all those days, from this day to that, for one chance? Just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our. Freedom! Uh, what? It's from Braveheart. You know, where he's riding on the horse, William Wallace, and they're about to have the... Oh, never mind. Go ahead. The Leprechaun series. And as he gets older, you can always branch out to Halloween. Although not all of those movies are worth watching. Some of them are, are pretty good. Then uh, there's the... Uh, the one with the kid in the lake. I can never remember what those are, Dave. What was the name of those movies? Kid in the Lake. Um, are you thinking like Friday the 13th, Jason Voorhees? Because he drowned when he was in the lake. Is that what you're thinking about? Right. Okay. So, and, you know, there were lots of young people in those movies. And then uh, there's always Freddy Krueger, who is the half brother of Edward Scissorhands. Um, you know, half-brother. He only had one hand with blades. Never mind. Anyway, there were lots of young people in uh, the Kruger movies, too. Freddy 
Freddy, Freddy. They're called Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, I have Freddy Cooper movies. Those are all great movies for young kids. Um, has lots of action with young people that they can associate with. And as he gets a little bit older, you know, of course he's going to have to learn about British history. Well, history's always more fun to uh, learn about from movies. So, something, uh, a couple of movies that really be worthwhile. And these are these are serious movies. Beckett and The Lion in Winter. Peter O'Toole was in both of those movies. He plays King Henry II in both of those movies. Beckett when he was a young king and uh, The Lion in Winter when he was uh, much older. But excellent movies and would easily help teach uh, a young prince how a king handles his friends and his family. So, and a lot of people may not get get that, but if you watch the movies, you'll, you'll understand. But uh, they really, really are excellent movies. Land and Winter won several Academy Awards. Catherine Hepburn's in that, too. Excellent movies for a king to, uh, to watch. Um, Robin Hood is another great English history type movie. Um, not the not the early not the early Robin Hood, but uh, the one that was made a couple of years ago with uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, that was a good one because it has a lot to do with King John and the Magna Carta. Another famous chapter in English history. You should watch right after that one is the Warlord. Wait a minute, that's wrong. The Warlord is with Charlton Heston, which is also a great movie, but that's much later. Ironclad, I'm sorry. After you watch Robin Hood, you watch Ironclad, because that takes place shortly after uh, King John decides to go back on his word. And um, he swore he would uh, give freedom to all English men, and then he decides he doesn't want to do that because he, he would lose too much power. So he rides all over the countryside with his army and, and tries to kill all the barons who signed the Magna Carta. So again, you have uh, excellent, excellent educational <clears throat> approach to how kings should act around their subjects. And, oh, King Arthur. No, no, not King Arthur. The movie Arthur with uh, Colin Clive. God, that was a good movie. And it would have been nice if they had thrown the name Arthur at this kid, too. But anyway, Arthur, great movie. Going back to um, the very beginning of, uh, you know, English history. So there are all kinds of uh, movies that uh, the young prince should be uh, should be watching, you know, as he grows up. Um, also, reading is important. Uh, something that would be excellent bedtime reading for him would be uh, Shakespeare, say uh, Hamlet or Richard III, Macbeth, and. Uh, Dave, I know 
that you have something you can contribute uh, on the subject of Shakespeare? That's a good question. I'll really have to think about that for a second. Um, one of the things, one of the first plays that come to mind if I were the parents of a young prince is I would teach him the ways of, of bargaining because, you know, obviously eventually he'll become the king and he'll have to learn how to bargain in public image and whatnot. And I think a good story for a child to learn the consequences of bad bargaining would definitely be uh, The Merchants of Venice. And what it, eventually what happens is, is that um, one gentleman, he... <laughs> borrows <clears throat> excuse me he borrows some money from a loan shark nowadays they would be called a loan shark and in return if he does not repay the money that was borrowed he would take the amount of gold that was borrowed the weight of gold out of his flesh and in the process of doing so there's lots of talk and let me pull this up let me think about this real fast um Okay, here we go. Check this out. <clears throat> there are, I have another bad match. A bankrupt, a prodigal. Who dare scarce shows his head on the Rialto. And beggared that used to come to smut upon the mart. Let him look to his bonds. He has, he was, he won't to call me a usurer. Let him look to his bonds. He was want to lend money to a Christian courtesy. Let him look to his bonds. And then Solaro, which is another character he comes back with. Why am I sure that if he forfeits, thou will not take his flesh? What is the good for? And then Shylock, the one that has been, you know, the, the first guy he started, he comes back with, <clears throat> to bait fish withal, if it will feed nothing else, it will feed my revenge, he hath disgraced me and hindered me, half a million laughed at my losses, mocked at my gains, scorned my nation, thawed my bargainings, cooled my friends, heated my enemies. And what is his reason? I am a Jew, hath not a Jew eyes, hath not a Jew hands, organs, dimensions, senses, affections, and passion. Fed with the same food, hurt with the same weapon, subject to the same disease, healed by the same means. Warmth and cooled by the same winter and summer. If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you poison us, do we not die? If you wrong us, shall we not revenge? If we are like you in the rest, we will resemble you in that. If a Jew wrongs a Christian, what is his humility? Revenge. If a Christian wrongs a Jew, what should suffice be by the Christian example? Why revenge? 
the villainy you teach me I will execute and it shall go hard but I will better the instruction so essentially that would go and that will teach the the young prince or the young king to be you know a little bit not only about bargaining but understand of cultures of people that essentially we are all the same no matter what our nations no matter where we come from we're all just people i think another one especially for someone that is going to be the king i mean regardless of what happens he's the first born so he is eventually will be the king and that sends my mind to a lesser known play by william shakespeare and it's really good, but I'm surprised it, it's not as famous. More Maybe because it's a tragedy. But it's actually called King Lear. And basically what it is, it's a play based on the legend of the Lear of, of Britain. So him being from England, he should should know the, you know, the mythical pre-Roman Celtic king. And pretty much what that teaches you as the king, as... A person who's going to be beyond rich is don't be so giving, especially don't give. If you have three daughters, don't give them anything. That's what it's telling you, because you will plunge yourself into a world of madness. And it teaches you as the forthcoming king to to be greedy with your own money. That's what I got out of it. So, Shakespeare, excellent bedtime reading material. Charles Dickens, another one. Um, so, you know, don't give me this shit about how this, this kid has everything already, because obviously he doesn't. I mean, does he have more Star Trek action figures than my son has? I don't think so. Does he have more 1950, 1960 Mark's dinosaurs than I have? I don't think so either. So, there are still many things left in the world that this kid could obtain if he felt like it or if his parents were willing to go out and obtain for him. So, I understand that... Uh, President Obama was concerned about a gift for the young prince and decided yesterday that uh, he would give George the state of New Jersey as a present. I guess it was a toss-up between Delaware and New Jersey, but Delaware was a little too close to the capital, and since um, uh, the Jersey Shore shows have been canceled and everything, there's no real reason to keep the state around anyway, and besides it would be, uh, it would help cement relations between Britain and the United States by giving back you know, one of the colonies, so New Jersey goes to Prince George okay and two, you have to uh wonder what kind of upbringing uh, a royal prince will have. <clears throat> Here's a uh, poor child who has six palaces and mansions that he can live in and 
and play in as he gets older. And he's going to have people waiting on him hand and foot uh, for most of his life, I suppose. Uh, he'll have a nanny eventually and his own chef, probably. Hell, for the first few years, he probably won't even have to wipe his own ass. But that's one of the perks of being born into the royal family, I guess. And what about toys? I mean, the kid has a thousand years of British history. He'll be surrounded by paintings and armor and weapons. What are they going to give the kid to, uh, to play with as he gets older? His own country? A small country, no doubt, but something that he can uh, rule over get used to uh, taking charge of people's lives and having them do it, whatever he wants them to do, basically. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's that. But his family is uh, so long-lived that, um, and there are so many people ahead of him in line for the throne that if he's uh, lucky, he might get to sit on it in 60 or 70 years. But, uh, whatever. It's good to be king, you know. So, I'm sure it'll be worth the wait. Um, also in the news this week, uh, somewhat overshadowed by uh, Prince George's birth and rise to the throne, uh, we have... Former Congressman Anthony Weiner, who is uh, now running for mayor of New York City. Yeah, that's going to happen. He uh, stepped down from his uh, con congressional seat because uh, he was sending uh, pictures of his Weiner to women and. I think he might even have even posted one of them on Twitter or something. So, uh, he stepped down. But now he's back and running for mayor of New York. Well, it turns out that some more sexting scandal scandals have, have arisen. <laughs> no pun intended there. But, uh, yeah, he was apparently sexting several women. Um, some of this was done before he uh, lost his congressional seat, and some of it was done afterwards. So apparently the guy didn't didn't learn his lesson, even though he says that, uh, of course, he's past all of that now. And uh, while some people want him to drop out of the race for mayor, seems to me that, uh, you know, you already know the guy's uh, corrupt and a uh, sex dog, so uh, at least if you elect him mayor, you, you know what you're going to get. Whereas some of the other people who are, are running, while well, they're still uh, mystery men for that matter, so... That and maybe he can get an endorsement by like Verizon or Sprint or what's that other one? Boost. Um, you know, these different cell phone companies. 
because we all know he's a big advocate to the cell phone and you know i'm sure he's got the unlimited text message plan and the unlimited text picture plan so why not why not get a, a public endorsement by one of these cell phone companies what are you gonna do <clears throat> um the guy's running he says he's not gonna quit and there you go so you've got a wiener running for mayor and if you don't believe me just check out his pictures and in other news earlier today Dave and I were talking about <clears throat> intelligence or the lack thereof I guess of uh, artificial intelligence and how scientists are making major strides in working on the possibility of well, Dave, actually, I, I don't remember exactly what it was you were talking about, so maybe you could just share that with us now, okay? That's funny you bring it up, because I was thinking about it more after we got off the phone. Um, it's called Singularity. That's what it goes down to. But you can actually look it up on Wikipedia. It's called Technological Singularity. And what it is is a, a theoretical emergence of... Um, Superintelligence. In other words, what what it would be? Let me let me see. Let me find Wikipedia. I'm going to give it to you right off of Wikipedia. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, and this is according to Wikipedia. The technological singularity is a theoretical emergence of superintelligence through technological means. It is believed that the capabilities of such intelligence would be difficult for an unaided human mind to comprehend. The te technological singularity is often seen as an occurrence akin to the singularity, beyond which means cannot be predicted, yet many have made educated guesses about what would follow. So essentially what would it would, would say is <clears throat> because the computers are getting smarter at a, a quick rate you know, eventually they're going to be as smart as humans as, as far as the thought process. And what it would be is, say, you're getting to a point where your body's worn out and you want a new body. So what they would do is they would just simply download your, your memory, your thoughts, and your brain into a, a portable hard drive. And they would put it into a new body. It, eventually, what it they're saying is a technological singularity is when the human mind and technology merge into one. So it wouldn't be no more, um, you know, computers, biology. It would just be all one thing. That's essentially the very long or the very short term of technological singularity. Well, I know that in uh, my short story, I, Robot, and that's A-Y-E, Robot, um, robots were becoming so intelligent, they realized that they were subservient to a race of humans who were less intelligent than they were, and they were attempting to do something about it. So, who's to say 
you know, what eventually robots will be able to do on their own. Um, I won't live to see it, thankfully, but uh, I'm sure that if man can figure out a way to fuck themselves over, they'll do it. And if they do it with robots, it's probably better than doing it with bombs or disease or some other some other terrible destructive method so I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that one robots and intelligence that's a good one alright well and another bit of news today I heard that in California and Dave and I are both in California uh, they're trying to pass legislation which would Increase the sales tax on a pack of cigarettes by two dollars. Tax of two dollars on a single pack of cigarettes. Now, cigarettes are already anywhere from you know four twenty-five to six twenty-five a pack. Anyway, and you add another two bucks onto that, and well, I mean. Give me a break. But I know that uh, a year or two ago, they, uh, the same group tried to pass a $1 pack increase in the sales tax on cigarettes, and the voters uh, shot it down. So if they uh, try to get the voters' approval, for a two dollar pack hike, uh, hopefully it, it won't pass because, uh, well, there are a lot of smokers in California and in other places too. But uh, you know that just seems really fucking excessive to me. Uh, they say that uh, medical patients are costing the state billions of dollars because there's not enough money to uh, uh, take care of their smoking related illnesses I don't see how that's my problem really you know they are the ones who are smoking they're the ones who got sick from it why should I have to help pay for their stupidity and along those lines I was a respiratory therapist for more than 12 years. I, uh, I know what smoking does to the body, especially to the lungs. And I've been smoking for 50 years, 5-0 years. I, my lungs are pretty well shot, but I'm not bitching about it to anybody, you know, I mean, as long as I don't exert myself, I can still breathe, um, and I enjoy smoking. I, at least I don't drink and smoke, but so what? Anyway, so, as a respiratory therapist, I, I had the, uh, the opportunity to work in one of the finest uh, pulmonary departments 
in Southern California when I first started out in the field. Um, I learned a lot, but the problem was that almost all of our patients died because they were uh, in stage cancer or COPD or some sort of, they all had some sort of lung, lung problem. That's why they, they came to us. And we uh, worked with them and helped them as long as we could. But <clears throat> eventually they all died. And uh, that's pretty much what happens to you anyway. But smoking certainly hastens that inevitable conclusion. So I just thought I would spend a moment and uh, tell you some of the things that happen to your body when you smoke. I'm sure you really, really want to know this anyway. So, the first thing that uh, is affected uh, by cigarette smoke in your body are cilia. Cilia are tiny little hairs that line your airway, airways, your bronchioles, uh, your bronchus and your bronchioles, all the way down to the alveoli, which I'll get to in a minute. Anyway, these little hairs move foreign objects out of the lungs and up into the uh, main bronchus area where the two lung tubes meet. Um, and there's a little section there called the carina, and that's where your cough reflex comes from. When mucus and phlegm and other assorted uh, foreign objects are brought up out of the lungs, you know, you cough and bring them up into your mouth, and people usually swallow them up. But anyway, <clears throat> cilia move foreign objects out of the lungs so you can cough them up. Well, there are chemicals in cigarette smoke which paralyze these cilia and keep them from working. And they, they, they paralyze them for up to 15 minutes. So each time you smoke a cigarette, uh, the cilia in your lungs stop functioning for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Um, chain smoker will pretty much paralyze these little hairs for the entire day, and they won't start working again until the person goes to sleep and they're not smoking anymore. That's why... Uh, Heavy smokers cough so hard, sound like they're bringing up part of their lung or something in the morning when they get up, because after sleeping all night, the cilia have been working, and they've been bringing up mucus and phlegm and tar and all sorts of other poisons uh, that are in cigarette smoke, and the person has to cough all that stuff up and get it out of his lungs. So that's the, uh, the first thing that uh, is affected by cigarette smoke. Beyond that, 
at the end of the uh, bronchioles in your lung. There are little sacs called alveoli. Now, the alveoli are where, or is where, the actual air exchange takes place. When you uh, breathe in oxygen, the oxygen goes down into these little sacs and the uh, the membrane there is very thin. There are lots of blood vessels on, on the other side. And oxygen passes through the membrane into the bloodstream. And at the same time, carbon dioxide passes from uh, the veins into the alveoli so you can exhale the carbon dioxide. It's a, uh, uh, a very amazing process, but it works very well, normally. The problem is that uh, continued smoking causes these alveoli to break down and uh, stop functioning. And as they stop functioning, they, well, they sort of collapse. And as you get more and more alveoli collapsing. It forms a pocket in your lung where there is no air exchange. And uh, the more of these pockets that form, the less actual oxygen you're able to transfer to your blood. And that makes it harder for you to breathe because you're not getting enough oxygen to your heart or your brain, or your muscles, and, uh, well, eventually you can't breathe at all and you die, okay? But, uh, you know, not to mention the fact that uh, smoking can cause cancer um, anywhere in the mouth or throat, trachea, uh, lungs, anywhere in there, uh, but it doesn't always cause cancer. I, I don't have lung cancer. I have uh, COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and that means that, um, well, basically my lungs aren't working as well as they should, and they haven't been for years and years. Um, I do get short of breath. I have very little lung capacity left. And again, as long as I don't exert myself, I, I can breathe sufficiently to survive. But it's not pleasant. And as long as you continue to smoke, more and more damage is done to your lungs. So eventually, it'll, it'll kill you. That's just the way it is. Well, I'm not sure why I shared that with you exactly. I just thought it might be... Uh, <clears throat> interesting to someone, I guess. That, That's uh, funny you bring that up because, you know, uh, this is actually three days later from when we started recording just for the simple fact that, um, you know, I couldn't breathe. I don't know if you noticed in the beginning of this episode you heard me doing a lot of coughing and grunting uh, just because it, I had a hard time breathing, my throat was itchy, and it turned into like a a 72-hour thing. In fact, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm not completely better from, you know, whatever I got. 
But let me tell you, and you know, I've been in the medical field for damn near 20 years myself, and I know exactly what cigarettes do, but I wanted a cigarette so stinking bad. Even though I couldn't breathe, I wanted a cigarette horribly bad. And I don't know. I don't know why I just brought that up, but talking about cigarettes and what it wants to do, or what it does to you, rather, uh, kind of makes me want to have a cigarette now. <laughs> okay, well, <clears throat> let's move on to other news. This is old news, but it's still interesting, and I love to discuss this. And this is going to be uh, about aliens and the age-old question of whether aliens assisted the human race in growing into what we've become today. Almost every single ancient culture talks about gods coming down from the sky and teaching them things like language and agriculture architecture how to build how to make things medicine math and especially astronomy and each culture has their own way of describing how these gods came down to earth you have to remember that we're talking about technically primitive people and when they were exposed to something they didn't understand they did not understand they associated what they saw with something that made sense to them so the Greeks saw Apollo the god Apollo riding across the sky in a flaming chariot the Mayans saw the gods fly through the sky in flaming snakes. Japanese saw the gods flying through the sky in fire-breathing dragons. American Indians saw the gods flying through the sky in bronze shields. Um, the Indians, East Indians, pretty much the only culture that has a printed history and artwork showing their gods coming from the sky and they came in cities ships the size of cities they drew pictures of these ships <clears throat> and they're also the only culture that show that has pictures paintings of the gods fighting each other in the sky and while there the gods are shooting bow and bows and arrows at each other well not bows but they're shooting arrows from bows at each other that's only because that was the only sort of weapon they were familiar with they described the weapons as being bright flashes of light huge explosions thousands of people dying and after the, the battle survivors would often 
become sick with blisters, their hair and fingernails would fall out, and they would frequently die. Now that sounds a lot like radiation poisoning. How could thousands of people die of radiation poisoning unless they were exposed to large doses of radiation? Well, there you go. <clears throat> but each culture has, you know, their own history of gods coming down. The Mayans, one of their gods, is in sculpture and statues is seen exiting from the mouth of a serpent that he flew down from the sky. Now, these people lived in the damn jungle. They saw snakes every fucking day of their lives. They knew that snakes had forked tongues. And yet, when they show statues of this god emanating or exiting from the mouth of a snake, they don't show the snake with a forked tongue. They show a wide, flat tongue that looks almost like a ramp coming out for the uh, god to walk down. Now, wouldn't it be a forked tongue if it was a snake? Not a ramp that the god could walk down. Anyway, the uh, East Indian gods were often painted as being blue. And is that possibly their interpretation of a blue-gray skin on the uh, gods? Like gray aliens, for instance? <clears throat> the problem is that so many ancient people have the same story, the same creation stories, that the gods came down and taught them how to do things. And all over the world there are stone circles and stone buildings that were used as observatories Many of the early people knew that there were other planets in the solar system. They knew that the Earth revolved around the Sun and that there were other planets out there. Um, Egyptians felt that they came from somewhere in the Orion constellation. Other cultures felt that they were brought to Earth from the Cygnus constellation. Uh, but how, how did people know thousands of years ago <clears throat> information about the stars and the planets and the seasons what day the solstices fell upon, what day the equinoxes fell upon. How did they possibly know that unless someone gave them that information? 
mean, even even the early Christian belief uh, talks of gods coming down and speaking to prophets. Uh, Ezekiel saw a huge flaming ship come down from the sky. Jacob saw what he thought were angels climbing a ladder to, well, heaven or a spaceship or something. Uh, Jonah being swallowed by a whale for three days and then regurgitated up onto the land again. Well, I don't think that happened. You know, you can't survive three minutes inside the stomach of a whale. Plus, he said that the ribs inside the whale looked like a kind of shiny brass material, which sounds more like a ship than a fish or a mammal. <clears throat> but what are you going to do? You know, um, there's just too much evidence out there to at least make you think about the possibility that there was something else going on that uh, we've lost the knowledge of. So, someday, someday we'll find out the truth. But not today. Anyway, um, I'm pooped, so... That's the end of another episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope it wasn't too boring for you. Hopefully next time we'll have a little bit more uh, interesting information to pass along to you. I'll let Dave sign us off as usual. And uh, to all of our listeners out there, I again thank you for sticking, sticking with us and listening. Don't forget to write your comments or questions to sheerdarkness at jasonmon.com and that's it for me tonight I'll say goodnight and see you next time alright well for Terry D. Shearer I am David K. Montoya and I bid y'all a good night yeah <laughs> it's uh, uh wow yeah we, we got pretty creative with those didn't we um you know, now the prince is probably a year old, and I think the the princess, Princess Caitlin or Kate or I can't, I don't know her name. I don't keep up with that. Anyway, I think she's getting ready to have another kid, or if not, she's already had a kid. Uh, like I said, I just don't keep up with that kind of thing. All right, uh, let's go ahead and do what we do best here, and that's just dive right deep all the way into the Jazo Modcast archives and let's pull another show shall we okay next show is what we think number two and this one was released June 11th 2013 and this is culture and traditions Sadie and Dave Let's everyone know what they think about the importance of culture and traditions, as well as introducing three new segments into the show. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure I remember this one, but let's go ahead and sit back and relax and enjoy this, just because I'm not 100% sure, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. So enjoy what we think number two 
Culture and Traditions. It's Monday night. Let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am Miss C. Burbank. We are back with episode two. Yes, we are. And we've got a good story. To, well, I don't know if we can actually say story. I don't think it is a story. How would you explain this? Because I'm still... We have a subject. We, I was going to say, yeah. yeah we because, have a subject. Which... Last episode, we did really well on sticking to the subject. Yes, we did, because you kept me from wandering too much. You did a good job with that. I, and so did Rousseau. He did, you know. And I, I, speaking of Rousseau, I do want to thank him, because I think now he's going to start listening to the podcast. I hope so. And uh, I, I want to sincerely thank him for stopping me in. because too. he He actually did... While he was here, he did four podcasts. Yeah, you, you said he did. And, and and I think he helped us a lot. Uh, I, I was kind of glad to have him here uh, for our first virginal venture, uh, if that's the proper term. Um, for, the, for this show, sure. Yeah, I think, I think he did. Uh, he contributed. He stayed with the subject. He was on point. I think he did good. Well... We're going to open up with some geek news, and geek then news. and then we'll that's get right. into the main topic. Okay, that's There's, good. The geek news is yes. is for the last three months now. I've been working on a secret project that I have not said what it was. Yes, but I am happy to say that I am very close to finishing the script to the Yolt Gnome animated movie that I've been working on. Yay! That is the secret script or the secret project that I've been working on. Um, I've been looking closely into Kickstarter. It looks very, it looks, it's almost scary how feasible it looks. Yeah. Uh, how we could actually get the project funded from, uh, it's called crowdsourcing. Yes. Crowdsource yes. financing. So that looks very feasible. I found an animation studio, which I showed you, yes. that I feel that would be perfect for it. Everything's coming together. Um, so by the end of this month, I will actually be done with the first draft of the script. That's terrific. That's that's really good. And uh, after all this time, you've had this on your back burner, so to speak, for years. Yes. Uh, almost ever well since before I knew you, actually. So it's I'm sure you feel it's good about it. It's almost surreal. It's. I can't believe it's finally starting to come to play. You're going to have to learn how to behave without having it on your back burner now. I know. Hmm. And uh, I've already looked into companies like Netflix, mm-hmm. Hulu, uh, Amazon Streaming, mm-hmm. um, plus already looked into like DVD distribution. And if we get enough in the financing department, mm-hmm. I might actually rent out a couple theaters. Really? Yes. Now, would it be, um, you did tell me it would run about 90 minutes, so you're thinking feature length? Yes. Uh, At selected theaters near you. Realistically speaking, the the script is probably going to be over 120 pages, which is, what it comes out to is one minute per page. So one page typed is one minute of action. Wow. So, so you knew that already, or yes. did you learn that? How'd you know that? You're so smart. Um, You're such a geek. <laughs> I learned that, believe it or not, I learned that from Russo. Oh, yeah? When we worked on the body bag project, uh-huh. and 
I was I'm a writer, so mm-hmm. I write what I I hear in my head, and I'm putting down this, I'm putting down that. Right. And Russell told me he goes, we only have I think the original body bag script was only like 70 minutes. He goes, mm-hmm. we only have 70 minutes. I'm like, yeah. He goes, you can't go writing 20 pages, you know, and two of those pages are full dialogue. You, you can't do that in the movie because it's one minute equals one page. So that was back in 2000. Wow. So That, that means the conflict volumes are an epic. <laughs> <laughs> literally take a couple years just mm-hmm. to... Yeah, we're going to challenge War and Peace in that department. <laughs> Well, so that's my geek news. And that's great. That's fantastic news. It's exciting and extremely terrifying at the same time yes. because this is the most expensive, high-profile project that I've ever worked on, um, and it's it's nerve-wracking but exciting at the same time. If that makes any sense whatsoever, yes, it totally does. Totally does. Yes. And I guess in my it's like giving birth. Am I ready to drop the, the budget? How oh, well, it? hey, anytime you're ready. It's not coming out of my pocket, is it? <laughs> no. The projected budget for this project mm-hmm. is $415,000. Mm-hmm. That's a big number. So that's everything. That's from... And that's the the group money or whatever you call it. Yeah, the uh, crowdsource financing. Right, right. But that's what we need is um, from the animation to the editing of the animation to the recording to the actors to the copyrights to the licensing to DVDs, everything. I like it. You know me. I always investigate everything I do before I do it. Well, it's a good idea. So I, I had kind of a base. You know where the rocks are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I had a base number, and that's what this is, is a base number. Will I say that it will call will cost us four hundred and fifteen thousand dollars? It'll probably cost you a hundred and fifty thousand more than that. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, so and that's the nice thing about the like Kickstarter is who we're going with. Mm-hmm. You know, if we find ourselves short, we'll just put out another one and say, Hey, you know what, we're short X amount, this mm-hmm. is our progress, blah blah blah. Um and we just started in trying to get it. Mm-hmm. I've already casted a Yotno. His name is Ian Basor. He is a voice actor out of Oklahoma. Oh. And when you talk to him, he's got this other accent. But when he goes into... Character? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The accent's just like, gone. Oh, cool. And, of course, Terry... I had to write a scene for Terry. Of course. You know, of course. So he's he's been casted the Shogun. Ah, cool. Yeah, he, he's got a Shogun's voice. Yeah, he's got that very yeah, demanding... Deep, very deep, ponderous voice. And it's kind of fun now, more so than before, because I can hear Ian's voice as a Yotunum, I can hear uh-huh. Terry's voice uh-huh. as the Shogun, and that's kind of how I came up with this really cool monologue. There's there's some dialogue between the two. Yeah, oh, that's cool. And yeah, because once you know how they're going to sound, you can you can start hearing the, the whole thing in your mind. Yeah, that's awesome. God, yeah. And then um, let's see, Aaron Illich from Scene Red yeah. I've actually casted him. And then the funny thing is, is 
I created this this character. Well, I created it in 1997, so he was two years old when you know, or was he born in 97? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's scary to think about. But yeah. <clears throat> but I, I needed somebody that age frame for a particular character for the Hiroshima character, and I was like, "Where am I going to find it?" And then I realized, I'm like, "You, you're perfect." And he, he did a read through, and it sounds good. So he's going to do Hiroshima, which is another main character. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I even have any old ladies in the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, actually. Do you? <laughs> Can I read for a part? <laughs> um, it's... Uh, or do you have to speak? No, no, no. Oh. Um, it's a, Because I was going to say, I actually have uh, a role in mind for Ernie. Do you really? Yes. Oh, I don't know if you can get him to do it. <laughs> but the, the older lady is... very shy, you know. Well, if we clear out the recording booth and let him just do his thing, nobody's watching him. It's not. It's not the being watched that would bother him. It's the actually doing it. But he might. He, he listen. That man. Listen. When I first met him, uh-huh. he was so wound so tight that you wouldn't know him. Really? Oh yeah. He's. I brought out the beast in him. <laughs> All right, the best in him, I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the bar's maid is actually an older lady. And they're sitting there, um, a yacht gnome and Hiroshima, they're sitting at the, the bar. And, <clears throat> of course, you know, they're sitting on their legs, traditional Japanese style, mm-hmm. you know, lower mm-hmm. table. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the, the barsmaid just walks up and she just tosses the, the little cups down and she mm-hmm. tosses the sake, you know, the bottle of sake. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't remember exactly what she, she said, but mm-hmm. she was just kind of pissy. So, um, the role is yours. You don't even have to read. Oh, it's yours. really? Oh, yeah. cool. I get to be the movie. <laughs> that would be another reason for Ernie to do it, too. If I'm in it, right? then... You know, that would be that'd be really cool. Yay! <clears throat> so there's like one more with the lead female. Uh huh. Um, I just no, Lacey won't do it. She won't. Um, I can't even get in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but that's different, don't you think? No, it's the same. Is it? Yeah, sitting in front shy? of a mic. Is she, shy? she was very shy. She's actually. Oh, cool. that's okay. Well, that's all right. But um, that's as of right now. Unless I create more characters in the process, mm-hmm. which is very feasible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only got one other person to cast, mm-hmm. and then the casting is essentially finished. So you just have to come up with a young, young voice to. Right. To be the female lead. <laughs> and it's kind of tricky because I want it to match or come close to what I hear in my head. Uh-huh. And, oh, yeah. And um, though it's it's a very soft and gentle voice, uh-huh. it's got, it's very stern at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, that's, that's about the best way I can explain it. So, I don't know. We'll, I'll keep everybody updated. That sounds so exciting, though. Very, very cool. Very cool. 
So, uh, wait, we're not plugged in. So, that's... Well, no, that's not true. That's not everything. Um, real fast, to con- so I can conclude the, the geek news. Mm-hmm. Um, we did come out with the second to the last uh, book you know, that I plan on publishing. We came out with the anthology, the GISG anthology. That's done really well in pre-sales. That's um, terrific. So, even though I, I did get emo there for a little bit and, and kind of whined and cried because nobody liked being wanted to play, I can still <laughs> do my job pretty well as a CEO. That's all that counts. When the chips are down, you know what to do and how. That's good. So, now there's only one book left. And that's the evolution of MythWorks, and uh, I'm taking my time on it. I think you should, yes. I would think resting is really important. I think you found that out Monday. Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. No, it would have been Monday. Was it Monday? Yeah, because Tuesday I had to go to the audiology thing. Um, Yeah, Monday. I think you found out just how important rest is. She's out like a light. I was so... I, I literally... Lacey woke me up and said, you know, you need to get up. Sadie will be here. And uh, I, I got up and I was like, what time is it? And I don't even know what time she said. I think it was like maybe three or four. What time did I call you? About that, I think. I don't really remember. <clears throat> and I sat there for like a quarter of a second thinking, sleep podcast, sleep podcast. Okay, sleep. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And then uh, I did. I literally, I fell right back to sleep for another six hours. So that's when you know you need it, when when that happens. I happen to every now and then. I, you know, have to crash on the couch and grab a few Z's and, and I'm good. That's what's happening with Lacey right now. She's out, yeah. She needs to be. She's got a lot to do in the next 24 to 50 hours, so. Yeah, she's got a lot to do. Awesome. So, okay, so we so were talking about... Um, oh, are we sticking to our menu here? Um, we have a menu. Yes, we, we have things. an outline. But there's there's certain things that are I said... Are we through with Geek News? We are done with Geek okay, News. Okay, we're all geeked out. You know what? We need to come up with some type of like mini... Um, like mini title track. You know, like Geek News, Geek News. <laughs> you know, something oh, like... Oh, and I was going to tell you before we started podcasting. I wanted to know if you could, and you can on your smartphone, if you could find out if the song Traditions is free. Now, what is that? What From Fiddler on the Roof. Traditions. You haven't ever heard that song? I'm trying to, it's been years since I've seen that. Oh, movie. well, anyway, it's... It's a song called Traditions, and it would fit in here real good if you could... Oh, for, like, background music? Yeah, well, just to start the whole thing with. Because I was going to say, on background... cut it in. I was going to say, background music, I could actually... That, it doesn't matter. No, not for background. No, 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 no. No, I would just want it for long enough to hear the word a couple of times in the, in the, the music. But if it, if, if it is available... I think that would be really cool. Okay. But that's just me. Anyway, go ahead and... 
So we were talking, now we're trying to come up with ideas to what we're going to talk about. We're going to stay on topic. Right. Um, though we have our main topic, we're going to have several subtopics involved, like, right. with, like with the geek, geek news. news. And then what's next? And, email. And then the email. Email bag. But we um, don't have any yet. No, not yet. Well, we have some, but I just haven't had a chance to go through it. Oh, okay. Um, so, everybody listening out there, you have us. You have our attention. If you want to ask us a question, it's what we think at jaiselmon.com. We'll we'll answer it at Absolutely. this point because of Absolutely. the. Absolutely, you will not be ignored. We will read every single email if we have to stay up nights <laughs> to do it. Well, fortunately for us, our, we're not getting we're that many. Nice. Yeah, that's true, too. But we're not getting that many where we're not turning not anything yet. away. At this point, no. But, but you never know. Right. So you, you keep on, just send us in. It may take maybe four weeks from sending it to hearing it, it live. Could, it but could. you will hear your question. At this point in the game, You'll you will hear question. a question or a and comment. your name will be given unless you ask us not to. Right. You can give any name you want. It doesn't have to be your real name. You can call yourself anything you want to, right? Right. And that's what we'll call you. Um, and then saying goodbye. Interesting enough, as soon as I came up with the idea of saying goodbye, which is, you know, uh, mm. people that are the celebrities that pass. Yeah. That. That it just stopped. Everybody's decided that they're going to live a bit. Uh -uh. Joyce Brothers passed. I didn't know that. Yes, Dr. Joyce Brothers passed a couple of days ago, actually. I think it was either Mother's Day or just after. Really? She was 85. I do not know of what she possibly just died of old age, as they like to say. Although at my age, when you think of somebody dying at age 85, you don't really think of them dying of old age. <laughs> That's kind of... A scary thought, but in any case, um, I don't know that she had anything in particular. Uh, now, what was she famous for? Well, she had a television show back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to remember if I watched it. I don't think I did very often, but it was one of those subject-oriented types, kind of like Dr. Phil, only from her perspective. Okay. And um, I think if I rec if I recall correctly. It was sort of like a cross between Dear Abby and Dr. Phil. Gotcha. And I don't remember now the format, whether um, I don't remember if she had guests. I don't remember if she just spoke to the television camera and said so-and-so writes this question or what, but something on that. Now, did she have like a, a article or a column published in a newspaper? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Or magazine. No doubt came or... from that. That uh, she was back in the time when there weren't that many ideas for television shows. You know, when TV first came out, it was really a, a difficult time for television producers and programmers, right? Because they didn't have a freaking clue what they were doing. They didn't. <laughs> They, they knew they couldn't do the same thing as um, they did with radio, <coughs> i.e. having people stand in front of a microphone and read parts to a play or whatever. But it took them a while to catch on to the possibility that they could give a play, so to speak, 
in front of television cameras. And so until they thought of that, the first thing they did, well, they ran Howdy Doody for a long time. (laughs) Howdy Doody was actually a, a live production. They didn't have video recordings uh, for television shows for a number of years. So everything was live television. And anything can and will happen with live television. But they had the Howdy Doody show. I remember watching that as a child at not my television set, but a friend of my parents had a television set. And uh, because my dad was her minister, we were invited over from time to time so that uh, they could visit with her and I could watch the television. And she had it locked up in this, not locked up, but closed up in a, in a, a hallway closet with sliding doors that slided, uh, slid, slid, <laughs> opened both right and left. And so she slid these doors back and then recessed in this closet was the television set. And it was kind of up high and it had a round screen about mm, maybe 11 or 12 inches across, you know. Right. And of course, it was in black and white. And uh, in those days, everybody thought you had to have the room darkened in order to watch television, not like it is today. Um, And so they would let me watch the TV program, and I thought that was ever so cool. I was uh, probably... 11, 12, 13 years of age at the time. Um, and then they came out with Texaco's Hour of Stars, I think it was called. Um, and the, the comedians did well because they stand-up comedy seemed to lend itself to uh, television right. uh, viewing and um, photographing, if that's the word, telecasting. So, but it took a while. Anyhow, when Joyce Brothers' program came into being, I think she may have been the only one doing that at the time. By then, I think they had developed video recordings, and so there may be some old video recordings of her show uh, around. I don't, I don't remember because I don't remember exactly when she came on the scene and what was going on at the time. Well, it just so happens. You happen to have found that information Um, on your handy-dandy, I'm so smart, phone. (laughs) Uh, This is actually her obituary. Ah, That would help. And it's Los Angeles. (laughs) Los Angeles. (laughs) Joyce Brothers, the popular psychiatrist who pioneered the television advance show in the 1950s and enjoyed a long and prolific career as a syndicated syndicated columnist. Ah, see, I remember Mm -hmm. it. Author and television and film personality has died. She was 85. Brothers died Monday in New York City, according to her longtime publicist, Stanford Bokshaw. The cause of death was not immediately made public. Brothers gained fame on the game show and went on to publish 15 books and make cameo appearances on popular shows including Happy Days, The Simpsons. She visited Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show nearly 100 times. Oh, no shit. What did they say about a game show? <clears throat> it said... Da, 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 da. Brothers first game fame on the on a game show and went on to publish 15 books. Really? Yes. I, didn't, I didn't even remember that. 
It doesn't say about her having a show, actually. Just that it was, um, you know, she was a TV star, essentially. Yeah. But I thought she had an actual show of her own. But that doesn't seem to bear that out. There's... Let's see. Oh, you know how memories are. You know, we remember what we want. (laughs) Let's just see what we have here. Practice your psychology on me again? <laughs> oh, I wish I could, but I have enough trouble just practicing it on myself. Well, what exactly are you afraid of? Me, the people out there, the microphone? Mm, none of those things. I'm afraid of the unknown. What, what are they? What's the unknown? The unknown is the questions you can ask me. Can you hear me and see me, Joyce? Yes, I can. Ready for your $16,000 oh, question? Okay. okay, may I have it, please? First, what referee holds the record for the greatest number of heavyweight championship fights? Arthur Donovan. Who was the referee in the Dempsey Tunney long count battle in Chicago? Dave Barry. What man, later famous in the boxing world, refereed the comeback attempt of an ex-champ against Jack Johnson at Reno, Nevada? Tex Rickard. You're right! I am no good. But that was a little That was piece. a $64,000 question. And that was the game show that which, got us started. Which actually used to be a figure of speech after that game show gained popularity. Really? Yeah, so for a long time thereafter, people would say, how do you get to uh, Louisiana? Well, that's a $64,000 question. You know, uh-huh. And then they go, and uh, people said that at all opportunities for years. And I was thinking, since we live, well, since we're recording here, I live here in Apple Valley, mm-hmm. but since we mm-hmm. were recording here in Apple Valley, our send-off, I think, would only be appropriate is to say to Dr. Joyce Brothers, happy trails. Oh, that would be appropriate, yes. And she won't be forgotten. So we're going to get to the topic, um, and then as we, we're going to cover the topic, and then we'll close with one more segment. And then that'll be it for this. God, I thought you were going to say a word of prayer. (laughs) You don't know how many years I've heard my father say things like, well, we'll close with. (laughs) Anyway. So one of the things. Cut that part out if you want to. (laughs) One of the things that we were talking about earlier uh, was trying to come up with ideas for the show, topics Uh of the show. Uh And one of the things that we started talking about was the, the importance of culture. And well, and and playing by the rules we were talking about last right. week when we were t- when we were discussing the entitlement issues. Entitlement of- issues. Who thinks they don't have to play by the rules? Who thinks they don't have to uh, play the game the way the rest of us uh, feel compelled to? Now, with drawing from that, bringing it forward, do you think that the culture? that those particular individuals live in, you know, the Hollywood glam blitz, do you think that plays a big role in the way that they behave? Oh, I think it's some total reason for, well, that and the fact that uh, if they were ever taught the importance of not being first in line, not being the loudest heard, not being the one in the limelight constantly, not being the one to whom all others kneel. 
all of those things, if they were never taught those things as human beings by their parents, then that contributes, I think, to it as well. I, 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 we did talk about whether or not their upbringing, right. uh, you know, Played a role in it. yeah, it's kind of the old story. Were they born that way, or did they learn to be that way? You know. So, do you think at this point of of our, I don't want to say generation, but this point of our era of where we're at in in time, do you think culture still plays a big role, or do you? Funny, think- you should ask that question because I um, I don't remember what happened since the, our conversation last time somewhere at home somewhere in between then and a few days ago uh, the words the word traditions crept into my brain <laughs> I was trying to think of something cute to say about it but I couldn't it was crept into my brain and um, I was watching well, before that, before I was watching, I, I kept thinking traditions has uh, it without traditions. I think what came to my mind was where would we be? Right. And then, well, and that so so I wrote down this this little thing here that I'm going to read to you. Traditions, the good, the bad, and the just plain boring. Why do we need them? Okay. Or even do we need them? And then I went to my favorite online uh, dictionary, and I typed in tradition. And I got a plethora of uh, definitions, uh, the first of which, an inherited, established, or customary pattern of thought, action, or behavior as a religious practice or social custom. And then a belief or story or body of beliefs or stories relating to the past that are commonly accepted as historical, though not verifiable. Thirdly, a handing down of information, beliefs, and customs by word of mouth or by example from one generation to another without written instruction. Again, another cultural continuity in social attitudes, customs, and institutions. Read that one again. Cultural continuity in social attitudes, customs, and institutions. Mm. And uh, lastly, characteristic manner, method, or style. Those last two, I think, more pertinently relate to what we've been discussing. Um, So traditions, good, bad, or boring, probably are important if for no other reason than we can learn them, hear about them, right. the traditions, whatever they are, pertinent to our own cultural environment or our own community, our own town, our own state, our own country, our own world, 
however many different traditions we hear about. Right. And um, we can decide as individuals, at least in this country, we are given the freedom to decide their pertinence, their relativity to us as individuals and to our, say, children or whoever. Um, I, I, um, a couple of days after this thought started in my brain, I saw a movie by Jeff Johnson, who is a self-taught author and photographer and is also a world-renowned surfer and alpinist, which is a fancy way of saying he climbs mountains. In his 2010 film, 180 Degrees South, Conquerors of the Useless, he said the following, If you love a place, you have a duty to protect it. And to love a place, you must know it first. And I thought that was just particularly astounding, given the definitions we've just talked about. And I took it completely out of context of the movie. In, in the movie, he was referring to the people of Chile, some of the people of Chile, who are having problems um, keeping it together, literally, body and soul, because um, some other people want to build some dams and um, cover up their land and take away their livelihood and their homes and so on. And this was the context out of which this particular quote came. But I took it from that context and applied it to my thinking um, about such things as why do we go to war, as an example, or even more locally and more individually, why do we have gangs? What territory do we consider ours that must be protected and why? What brings us to a point where we think we have to protect our territory um, as either individuals or members of certain groups? And um, it, it came to me that the, the reason or the way that we come to know a place, the way we come to know our place in our world, is by hearing about our traditions, our individual, those things that we are a part of. You know, when your mom says, gee, when I was a kid, we did this or that. Or, come on and sit down, it's Sunday, we always have dinner together on Sunday. Um, and we always have fried chicken. Or... <laughs> Or it's summertime, we always go on picnics in the summertime. Those are little things, but they're still considered traditions. Not as elaborate as, say, Thanksgiving is a tradition. Right. For the whole country, so to speak. But, uh, but little individual traditions, things that, um, that we hear over and over and over again ad nauseum from our parents till we get to the point where we think, okay, Ma, I get it. Every Sunday, I got to have dinner here, and it's going to be fried chicken. I got it. You don't have to tell me that one anymore. Okay? Well, um, as anyone who's been a child knows, you you get a, a bombardment, as it were, 
of information from the old folks, primarily. Um, and it, it's, uh, it's not like it used to be. When I was a kid, that's how we, that's how we heard about things. That's how we found out about traditions was from hearing our parents talk about things like that. They don't do that anymore. Kids don't listen to their parents anymore. Kids um, I don't know how kids get a sense of belonging to themselves, their families, their communities, their cultures anymore because there's there's more of a breakdown in communication I think between the generations now than ever before it's been replaced by electronics I was going to say because of the digital yeah and and that's not a bad thing if the electronics come along with the tradition information the problem is the kids can turn the electronics off in that moment the same way they turn off their parents. So I, made, I, I listed a couple of questions. One we've already talked about, how do we come to know a place? What part do traditions play in our acquisition of the knowledge of a place? And and let's substitute the word culture for uh, a place. In other words, our what are we what are we learning about? We're not learning about Apple Valley right. necessarily, unless you want to discuss traditions of Apple Valley. Right. What we're talking about is um, the culture of Apple Valley or the culture of this home. What is it you're listening to? <laughs> I'm, I'm checking facts. Okay. I'm, I'm going to bring this up later. Okay. I just want to make sure it's the right one. Okay. Uh, and one of, the th- one of the things that um, has bothered me about this particular subject is um, the, the communication... <laughs> that's required. It's a two-way street, of course. You've got a lot of people that are willing to tell the traditions but you, or, or explain the cultural background of a person, but what you don't have is a lot of listeners. Um, that's part of the problem, is, is finding a way for our, to motivate our children to learn these things. I, I, I think kids today don't think they need to know these things. It's, it used to be bad enough when, when I, as a teenager, would tell my dad, well, why do I need to study algebra? I'm right. going to be an ice skater when I grow up. I don't need <laughs> algebra. You know, when in fact, geometry would have been a good subject to study if you're going to be an ice skater. But in any case, um, I still had to listen. Right. I was made to listen, if you will. Uh, not only to my parents, but in church and in school. Um, it was required that we listen. And in order to be sure we listened, we were tested on the information we were given. Um, and, and we had to actually be able to properly answer the questions on the test and be graded 
for those answers uh, by someone who really gave a shit whether those answers were correct or not. I'm not so sure that that's going on in school anymore. I, I don't know. And you know. I, I we've, seriously, we've talked about that. I seriously doubt yeah. that it is. And uh, uh, and unfortunately, the the other side of that, other facet of that gem, if you will, um, is an understanding of one's language. Now, I'm not saying that everyone has to speak English. I'm not even saying that those who speak English must speak it the same way in order for them to understand their culture. As a matter of fact, it's prohibitive that everyone speak English the same way in order for the variety of cultures we as an English-speaking society have. Right. Those of us for whom English is a native language have a, a plethora of cultural backgrounds, some of which can be better communicated using the not-so-perfect King's English, if you will, right. that other people might use. But their language skills developed over years and years and years of speaking the way they do contributes to the level of information they're trying to convey. And so I'm, I'm not saying that everyone needs to speak English the same way I do, or you do, or uh, the guy across the street does. What I am saying is that whomever is doing the speaking, whomever is, is passing on the tradition to the receiver, those two, the speaker and the receiver, need to be speaking English on the in same the same level. way. Yes. Otherwise... Something's going to get lost. It's going to get lost. I, uh, when we were talking earlier about the um, subject before we started our podcast, I asked you, had you ever played the game of gossip? They used to call it gossip. They think they also call it telephone, telegraph, and a number of other uh, names. But it, essentially what it was was as kids, we used to sit in a circle and one person would whisper into the ear of the person to his right, and then whatever he said it would get whispered to the next person on that person's right, and all the way around the circle until the last person would then repeat what was said. And it was always a big joke about how it never came out right. the way it was spoken in the first place. So it'd be like... In the beginning, um, little Jimmy says, you know, I'm going to get ice cream after school. And then by the time it gets back to him, little, Jenny, little Jimmy's gone into the porn business. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or, uh, even more to the point, uh, <clears throat> during the Civil War, um, uh, General Grant and General Lee uh, used to get together in the bar and, and smoke cigars together while they plotted out how each of them was going to conduct their side of the war. Well, now, if if, <laughs> I mean, if, if that was said now, people would go, where the fuck did you get that from? Right. You know, well, from somebody somewhere along the line distorting the actual information or embellishing it or passing it down or, you know, and, and logic would tell us that probably didn't happen since they were opposing forces, but, you right. know, who knows? Who knows? So, I, I came up with why it is important to study one's native language. 
you know how the kids are always saying, why do I need to take algebra? Because they're not going. Why do I have to go to English class? I already speak it. I know what I'm saying. You know.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here's why. <laughs> the challenges of nuance inherent in any language require that specific language comprehensions. Comprehension is necessary in order to grasp the significant details of cultural and/or historical information being conveyed, whether it is by books, plays, movies, music, or the spoken word. Distortion happens so easily as it is without the information being passed on by someone whose language skills are not native to the origin of the information. In other words, if if I'm going to try to teach you about a tradition I'm aware of and you're not, right? We need to speak the same language at the same level, using the same words, which is another way of saying some of the people. Responsible for teaching some of the traditions in some of the schools may not be verbally qualified. What's worse is they're teaching it to forty people who may or may not have the same language skills, background, and verbiage、right. that they have. So a lot is going to get lost <clears throat> in the transition of that information. From the speaker to the listeners, and that's if they're all listening, which 99% of the time they're not. You just assume on the very best day in the world you're listening, right? And the teacher says,、um, "We're having Thanksgiving dinner Thursday because it is a tradition in our country to celebrate the fact that we managed to survive." <laughs> Several cold winters, and the Indians brought us food, and how you know all of the all of the things that we think contribute to Thanksgiving, or that we've been told contribute to Thanksgiving. So let's say the speaker's up there saying all these things, and he's speaking to people that don't even have a kitchen table, let alone a turkey to eat on Thanksgiving Day, and they don't understand about the Indians because nobody's bothered to tell them about them. And or they've heard different stories about the. You see where I'm right. And, 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 and the listeners, let's say students,、um, they're not given an opportunity to say, "Excuse me, the the, the who did what?" I you know I thought they didn't have turkey on Thanksgiving. I heard they didn't have turkey on Thanksgiving. All of these things come into play when 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 we've got people who are trying to tell people what they're. Culture should be like, and their traditions should be like, and we've got people listening who don't want to, right? And who are saying, "I want to make up my own culture. I want to make up my own traditions." Well, you're 13. <laughs> okay, how about you learn what traditions and cultures there are first, and then if you don't like them, you don't have to participate. Okay, but you got to learn what it is you're getting rid of. Before you get rid of it, because you might like it. It's possible you learn to like yogurt. <laughs> you can learn to like turkey. Maybe you know you, you, you get my no, you get my point. So,、yeah. uh, and 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 I realized when I bit this thing off that there were going to be way more questions throughout the whole thing than any kind of ever answers.、Um, 
because somewhere along the line, we do that. We discard them. We say, well, I know it's the third Thursday of November, but damn it, I just had turkey a month ago. You know, and I got nobody coming over. I don't need to put out a little paper fold-out turkey and, and, and a little pilgrim hat and go, Happy Thanksgiving, honey. It's not like it was 50 years ago. 50 years ago, that was a freaking national holiday. Stores closed. People went home. They had Thanksgiving dinner with their families. That doesn't happen anymore. No. You can go to Macy's on Thanksgiving Day if you want to. In fact, most people do because Black Friday comes the day after Thanksgiving. That's a tradition now is Black Friday. You know, people go shopping the day after Thanksgiving. That's how they know when it's Thanksgiving because they next day shopping day. So it has anything to do with the pilgrims, turkeys, and all of that other horseshit. And and that's kind of my whole point. At what point do we start saying all of these things have no importance? And what does that create in us? If if according as as Jeff. Uh, Johnson said, if if you love a place and you have a duty to protect it, but to love a place you first must know it, then 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 how does how do we come to know our country? How why are any of us going to want to defend our country? Let's say against invasion or or go to another land and 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 help other people who are trying to protect our country. Right. Why are we going to do any of that if we don't have a sense of belonging to this culture, whatever it, each person's culture is, or this country, whatever this country means to each person? Collectively, as, as, as a human society, we must have some group cognizance of our culture as a group, even though your cultural sense may be different than mine, uh, because you grew up where you grew up, and I grew up where I grew up. But but we must somehow find a way to come together. Coexist. And, yes, and, and more than coexist, to protect ourselves, our community, our culture, our... Cohabitate. <sighs> And stand together against all invaders. Right. So, so if if our children don't learn this somewhere, somehow, either from us or the teachers, or their smarter friends or whomever, if they don't get a sense of this, then pretty soon they're going to start saying, "Well, I don't care if North Korea wants to come over here and run things for a while. Why not? They seem smart." You see, right. they, they don't have a clue why that's a really bad idea, okay? Because they don't know what uh, democracy is, and they don't know what communism is, and they don't know what um, uh, all of the other, you know, fascism and all of the other uh, oppressive regimes mean. They haven't any idea what it means to be under the control of someone else, a bully, right? Who who has <clears throat> no regard for them as individuals or anything else, and whose only motive is self-aggrandizement. If if that's what they want to invite or allow to permeate this culture, this community, this country, if they don't take up arms 
mentally, emotionally, and physically against it because they love it, because they've learned to love it, because of their own cultural sense and their own strength of community, then how in hell are they going to protect themselves? And it all, themselves being our children. Right, right. Afraid. And that all comes down from tradition and culture. I think it does. I think uh, whether we like them or not, whether we appreciate them or not, you know, there are lots and lots and lots of traditions that have gone by the way of all flesh, and that's fine. All well and good. They should because you know some of those traditions were well you can't you can't drink on sunday because it's god's day right and you can't and well those are still around for a lot of people let's go further back let's say uh, um you can't ride uh you can't ride a horse to uh church you must walk or i don't know i'm you know i'm scratching here trying to think of old 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 don't spit on the sidewalk. Uh, traditions. Don't spit on the sidewalk or doff your hat. Take off your hat to uh, a lady. Well, in the first place, how many ladies are there? Secondly, who wears hats? So Yeah, nowadays. So uh, the fact that it was a gesture of manners uh, kind of made it a tradition, you see. But... Now we get into this, this subject of manners, right. okay, which now, we don't have anymore. No, I, I was going to ask you a question. Was with with everything that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. is it does it come down to the fact that the meaning of past values, the just the past in general, nostalgia, is that gone? I mean, is is it just not important anymore? Well, nostalgia. You see, for nostalgia to happen, you kind of had to have been there. Okay, that's why to me it's kind of funny when people say, "Oh, I just love nostalgia." You know, well, you're 13. What do you mean you love nostalgia? Okay, you weren't there. It's kind of like so. It's it's not just. I don't ever want to think that it's just because we always did it that way. Right. Lots of traditions are. Okay. Lots of rules are just because we done it that way in the past we should continue bullshit no we shouldn't and kids are smart enough to know that these days um i think a lot of them but um there are certain things that we do have to do because we've always done it that way like it isn't nice to shoot people in the head with guns (laughs) really we pretty much always felt that way okay um it is nice to drive behind someone with your high beams on, glaring into their rearview mirror, making it difficult for them to see where they're going because you're in a hurry and you want them to pull over so you can go around them. Right. Well, That's bad manners. But we don't teach our children manners, so we don't teach them respect. When you don't teach your child respect and manners, you don't teach them to listen. When they don't listen, they don't learn the traditions. So it had anything to do with nostalgia, necessarily, in my opinion. I think this is about what we think. (laughs) I, yeah. (laughs) You start to say, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of how I I can pull this in. One of the things that, when you talked about, you know, tradition and culture, and how it's not, it just seemed like things aren't as important, uh, 
today than it was yesterday. There was one particular thing that popped up, and I was trying to think of how I can incorporate mm. this in. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm going to use that as incorporating. Okay. Um, one of the new things, I don't know if you're picking this up now, is I'm putting in audio video tracks into the show. You know, not only are we submitting what we think, but evidence to kind of back what we think. You know, last episode we, we had mm, a couple of videos. Yes, this yes, episode. yes, 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 yes. So I submit to you and the listeners. Okay. Another support for what we think or why. Yes, and why, or as to the conclusion of culture, history, tradition is slowly fading away. It had stood inspiring and unchanged for centuries. Not the invasion of the conquistadors, nor the hundreds of years of weathering had eroded the majesty of Normul, a 2,300-year-old Mayan pyramid in northern Belize. But now the site has been irreparably damaged by a crew of road workers. In search of materials for road fill, they destroyed the archaeological site, using bulldozers to demolish the sides of the pyramid. Local archaeologists were dismayed at the scale of the damage. I, I was hoping that when I was driving up from the from the main San Juan road, that it would not be this one. But when I the closer I got, I, I just couldn't believe and seeing all the trucks and all the stuff. But this is an incredible, incredible destruction. This is one of the worst that I have seen in my entire 25 years of archaeology in Belize. A local road building firm is under investigation over the incident. Experts say the pyramid's hand-cut limestone bricks will have provided much sought-after shale and gravel for making roads in the Central American country. But even though it was on private land, ancient Mayan ceremonial sites like Normul are protected under Belizean law. Now this once... Wow. So... Yeah, that's that's kind of a good example. The the traditions that that I'm speaking of are similar in in concept at least to twenty some, the twenty three year old twenty three hundred year old. Yeah, you know. yeah, and and <clears throat> I don't mean to say that all the traditions should be kept. I'm not saying I'm not by any stretch am I saying that. But I'm saying this: there are, is is value in at least studying them, at least learning about them, at least finding out what it is you're digging up before you dig it up. For reals. Yeah, and um, uh, and I think the motive for me, the motive should be uh, self-preservation. Yes. You know, it, it isn't important to me that you respect my tradition because it's mine that's not where I'm coming from I'm not asking that everybody do the way I did I'm not saying that I'm just saying that my kids know what our family's traditions were right my kids don't do many of the things that my family did but they know then they then they can pick and choose it's like when you take your kids to church when they're young it's not necessarily because you want them to be good little Christians, but you want them to have some background in religion so they can make a choice for themselves when they're of the age of choosing 
do they want religion in their lives? Right. You know. Well, you can't do that with language and, and other skills. They have to learn those in school, and they have to learn. Right. There's no Because they're not of an age yet to decide. They get out of school, out of several schools, colleges even. Then they can decide because they're informed. Hopefully by people who have the skill to inform them in such a way that they'll actually learn the information. That's all I'm asking. Well, speaking of inform, that's it for this week. (laughs) We're done? We are. I tended to go on, didn't I? Sorry about that. No, it's quite all right. Mm. So for this week, I am David K. Montoya. And I'm Miss Sadie Burbank. And you heard what we think, so now you know. Good night, folks. You know, I, I now I remember this episode quite clearly. Um, you know, a lot of it I have to admit I, I'm pretty guilty of myself. You know, I, I spend a lot of time on my cell phone. Um, you know, it's just one of those things with smartphones. And I, I think that kind of goes with everybody um, in general. You know, we, we can do pretty much anything we want off of a cell phone. We can, of course, it's a phone, so we can call and talk to people or we can text to people that way. Or we can surf the internet, take pictures, watch movies, and it's just become something that is ingrated in this culture and in our society. And, um, you know, I admit, I, I'm, I'm pretty guilty of that myself. Uh, but you know, um, S. Sadie Burbank, she's of the old, old school. And in fact, you know, she's, she does have a cell phone, but you know, it's not a smartphone. And, and we always laugh, you know, whether we're recording or not recording in, in private, she's always laughing that, you know, she's not smart enough for a smartphone. It's it's just one of those kind of things. It's, uh, you know, neither you are or you're not. There's nothing wrong with it. Okay, kids, let's go ahead and let's see what we got here. This is going to be our third show of the week, and then I'm going to send you home. Try to get through this. I know I, I received a couple emails like, do you have to talk so much to leading up to the shows? Well, you know, it really depends on if I'm in a talkative mood or not. Okay. Got it nice and stirred up here. And we've got the movie Madhouse. It's a madhouse. A Madhouse! Sorry, had to do that. Uh, Movie Madhouse number 19. Released October 29th, 2013. And uh, not much of a synopsis uh, from the boys this week. It just says, Mike, Rob, and Jason are back with more movie fun. And that's pretty much it. You know, they sit down, they have fun, and they laugh, you laugh, we all laugh. It's... It's one of the best shows that we have on the Jason Modcast Network. Uh, it's one of my personal favorites that I have. I listen to not only as a producer, but as a fan. I enjoy their stuff. All right. So go ahead, pull up a chair or fasten your seatbelts or wherever you're at and enjoy Movie Madhouse number 19. And we're back for another week at the Movie Madhouse. This is Mike. Jason. And Rob. I fooled you guys. You just jumped right <laughs> in there. Still holding my cell phone. <laughs> so how's everybody going? How's, how's everybody doing, I should say? I am fantastic. Yeah. I did not uh, run into as many 
the quote unquote health problems coming off a of Saturday night as I expected. <laughs> so I am perfectly fine. Well, there you go. I know because you, you texted me, I think it was almost bright and early the next day. Did I? About inquiring about uh, when we're going to go next. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Good coma. Yep. <laughs> so how you doing? I'm just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh, well, look at you. Yeah, yes. You're mid- mastering the midnight shift. and Well, not only that, I'm mastering the midnight shift, and I'm surviving on very minimal sleep because of Arkham Origins. <laughs> oh, so yes. <laughs> And those games are like playing movies, though. They just the stories are engaging and enthralling. And oh, big time! See, part of me is glad that I am not a gamer because I just don't need another addiction in my life right now. And as much as what you showed me earlier, it, it looks like a phenomenal game. But I know for a fact I would get sucked down into that rabbit hole so far, so fast. But see, that's the nice thing about this: you are sucked into that rabbit hole for about a week, maybe a week and a half. Yeah, and then that kind of game is finite, right? Yeah. It does end. Oh, it does end. So it's not like a sandbox where you can just keep going and going and going. Well, well you can run around forever and ever and, and always find somebody to beat up and whatnot. And but this the story does progress to a finish. Origins now has an online mode. Right. I have not tried it. So you can play Batman against other Batman. I probably like capture the flag type stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. But I haven't, like I said, I don't do that part of it. All my games that have, some of them have online stuff. I just do the game. Yeah. I suck at PVP stuff. You know? So I don't play yeah. too much. Just yeah. don't have the magical. Oh, I could dominate if I wanted to. Oh. I choose not to. I don't, okay. I, I don't I, want I, to I, be okay. responsible I'm, I for tearing for... down someone's self-esteem. I know. You I... are so altruistic when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> I just wish know I knew I what that meant. Because I don't have. <laughs> ten thumbs. You know, I can't keep up with like my sons or whatever. I don't have ten thumbs. No. See that's they, the they seem to the way they're going through. I think I just saw some sort of article and they said that gaming hardcore gaming kids nowadays are hitting like ten buttons in a span of like less than two seconds. It's crazy. I believe it. I can do that too. I just rub it on my arm. <laughs> Mash it against the couch. <laughs> do something I want you to do. That's right. So I guess uh, we better enough of the video game jibber jabber. Let's get into the top five at the box office. Top five. There's a box office. There is a box office. That's where you go to buy your boxes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the office. No, that's where you get the paperwork. To, oh, to get the box. Yes, to get the box. That's right. right. Okay. Mifflin, yes. yeah. Well, we had two movies released this weekend, and one of them is number one. It oh, 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 Gravity. Oh, wow. And I am so shocked. Gravity is number two for $20 million. Okay. Number one, making $32 million, Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa. <laughs> you know what? It does not surprise me. It doesn't. No. No. Well, they said the you... jackass hits on the lowest common denominator. Yeah, <laughs> people almost universally enjoy it, even though it's sick and disgusting humor. People seem to dig it. Yeah, so it does not surprise me. No, no. I, they said thirty-two million dollars. That's a pretty respectable open. I know. I they said their budget was probably nothing. Fifteen Next million. Yeah. Oh, right. 15 million? How yep. much? And I bet you most of that was just the marketing. Oh, yeah. That and travel <laughs> expenses. And whatnot. And you know, there isn't much to it, right? Yeah. There's no production involved. Well, they said they had to pay, they probably had to pay uh, 
reparations for all the damage that was caused <laughs> during yeah. the uh, shooting of that movie. That's probably the biggest part. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Johnny gets a million, the company spends about three million, and the rest is for the people they humiliated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sue. got a few bucks. <laughs> yeah. How about half a million dollars to shut up? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we plugged the top two right there. Jackass and Gravity finally bumped out. Not the picture I pictured bumping it. That's not (laughs) what you would expect to bump, but... It's well, not entirely surprising. I said you can. There was that the serious movie had its run for three weeks in a row. Again, mm-hmm. it just I think everybody that was going to see that movie, serious film goers, were, were have already seen it. Yeah. So now it's time for a little silly fun right around the uh, the end of the month, and away we go. Yeah, it says it's dropped thirty two percent. From previous weeks, so oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a big hit. But like you said, if everybody who's going to see it will probably has gone to see yeah. it at this point. I said, so. it's a, I think um, now to be those late comers, maybe you should go see that one that everybody's talking about. You know, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are uh, starting to see see the emperor has no clothes when it comes to that. There's a lot of people out here are, are getting negative about the the Clooney uh, Bullock. Uh, Combination. Uh, I heard somebody's quick review. It was if if you want to see Clooney and Bullock just float around in space, that's your movie. Yeah, <laughs> like it kind of is, but still, it's it's awesome. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's not, but yeah, it sounded like it. It's a Sandra movie. You don't diss a Sandra movie. America's sweetheart. Yes. And yeah. Rob's girlfriend. That's my future ex-wife. Okay. Number three. At least he's realistic. <laughs> if I was realistic, I wouldn't even say wife. Uh, let me see. Number three. Captain Phillips. Made 11.6 That's million. still hanging in there then. All right. Yeah, but it's dropped 29%. Well, I said it was... Tom Hanks has got the cachet to draw, so it's it's going to draw just on his name. And there is enough interest in the Somali pirate issue that people are going to go. Oh, I want to see. I want to see what the noise is all about. So, and it's made almost seventy million. Yeah. So budget fifty five. So you can't argue there. What's in the red? Gravity's total. I don't know. Is red good? I forget. Black is good. Black is good. So it's in the black. Yes. It's the only time you ever notice that blackmail, blacklisted. It's the only time black is good. Yep. Andre's going to kick my butt. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gravity made just shy of $200 million, which doubled its budget. And number four, the other new movie, The Counselor, $7.8 million. I At least thought that was going to bomb. With a budget of twenty five, so yep. that's not. I wouldn't consider that a bomb. It, the budget was twenty five million. It made eight. I, but that's first. Week. I wouldn't argue with eight it's million got, dollars. It's got, uh, <laughs> but I didn't yeah. spend twenty five. Exactly. To get it. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be considered a bomb. I think it's gonna it's gonna pull into the into the black. <laughs> no, I'm oh. I see our own personal meme has started. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I think it's gonna. It's gonna pull it. Pull its numbers, and it'll be. It'll have a respectable box office in the end. I think so. I. It's got the. It's got the credentials. Look at all the people involved. It's got some big names. But if there's no story. Yeah, they said. I don't it, think it's the story that hurt it. I think it's just had too strong a competition in front of it. Jackass. <laughs> yes, that. Obviously, number one, it's that's a, that's a big gun. It's a, it's like I said, lowest common denominator. 
but okay. it's a big gun. Okay. Gravity's been out there for three weeks, and it's number two. Yes. So you're going to say... Still a heavy hitter. Yeah. So you're going to say you expect the jackass to beat the counselor, which it did, mm-hmm. and then you still, in the same breath, say the counselor is going to make its money back. Eventually, yes. Well, <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. I'd 25 say, years later is not a no, good eventually. 25 years? No. I say within a month. No. If that. No. I, not. See, no. my prediction, I don't give it that either. I don't think it's going to take 25 years. I think this will be a DVD movie, like True Romance. Sure. Uh, you think it's going to grab that cult cult following? I'm kind of wondering. Because of the people that are in it, you know, I haven't seen it. I want to go see it tomorrow night, so I'll know for sure then. Yeah. But, uh. With with the, with the star power that's in it, it kind of feels like a true romance. I don't know. It does definitely. The trailer does have that feel. Yeah. All so right. that's why I'm wondering. I just don't get your your estimation of a month is just. I think that's. I, kinda, there's no. There's no way. All right. Try and remember to keep an eye on it. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. The, the second week will really tell us. Oh yeah. You know. So when it does. Uh, uh, you know what? I just realized what's coming out. So, okay, uh, my estimate will be wrong. Absolutely. I, I was thinking of what's coming up, and there's some heavy hitters coming. Yeah. Well, look at it this way. Remember I was telling you about the movie 12 Years a Slave? Yes. Now, it's in at number eight, but it has increased in value 131%. Really? Oh. Yes. It only made like a million or something that first weekend it was out. Yep. This weekend it made $2.1 Something tells me it was probably only it's, in two theaters it and doubled it had up. a wider release. Yeah, people are hearing about it now. So that's the kind of thing... The counselor like, may do. I, I, I don't remember what you said it was about, but it's it's one that I'm already starting to hear murmurs of Oscar talk. Oh, 12 Years a Slave? Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. And number five, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs wow. 2. Still hanging in there. It well, made $6.2 The only kids movie out there right now, so it's yeah. uh, it's oh. definitely going to be uh, oh, drawing them in still. You said kids movie, not comedy, right? Kids movie, yes. Yeah, okay, because Carrie's next. That's more comedy. <laughs> hey. So you did, uh, Jay. You did meet two of the stars of the uh, the Carrie movie. Yes, I did very briefly. Yes, the local actresses, the Strain Twins, Katie yeah. and Carissa. Uh, they previously have done some stunt work for the Olsen Twins, and they've been in a few other uh, smaller films. But this is definitely probably going to be a top highlight for them right now. Well, They're yeah. Carrie. Uh, yeah, I did briefly talk to them. I asked them, is Chloe really as badass as she comes across in the, on, on the screen? She goes, oh, she's a sweetheart. You know, they did no, the typical. No, no, no. Stop it. It's Hit Girl. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, no, I didn't want to hear that. And then I said, do you guys get mangled in the movie? And they said, yeah, mangle's a good way to put it. <laughs> okay, now I got to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at totals. You know how uh, Gravity made $200 million. Yeah. Uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs made 100 And the next one that's triple digits is Worth of Millers, $148 million. <laughs> That movie rocks. Yes. Oh, wait. Fantastic. And then in at number 20 is Despicable Me 2, $364 million. Is that the top for the year so far? That's what I'm just peeking. And for the year so far, we uh, what, um, I don't see one higher on this list. Really? What, what Iron Man pull? Iron Man, Iron Man, where is Iron Man? I know. Iron Man is hiding. 
Iron Man. Iron Man hiding. Yeah, in a stealth suit. That's not the old. That's not the Iron Man we know. It's not on this list. Maybe because it's not in theaters anymore. That's a terrible. That could be the reason. Considering where the Millers still in theaters. Holy smokes! There's still one theater. Dubuque, Iowa, or somebody's got it going. Oh my God! I just dove to the bottom just for shits and giggles. Number ninety-eight is a movie called The Act of Killing. Okay. Gross total, it's made $446,000. This weekend, it made $64. $64? (laughs) That's uh, what? Two people. Seven tickets? (laughs) Depending on the theater? Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. (laughs) Birth of the Living Dead made $1,600 this weekend. Oh, wow. Yep, it's up to a grand total of three thousand one hundred and ninety-one dollars. Ninety-one. How did that happen? <laughs> Tickets are ten bucks each. How does that happen? <laughs> Half somebody, price. Somebody was doing cheap night. Yeah, that's what it was. But ah, there, we go. there ah. is a big one. Holy crap! Uh, Il Futuro. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Uh, it's made eleven thousand so far this weekend. Uh, one hundred. Sorry, one thousand six hundred. And it is up in popularity, 1,945%. Only one person saw it opening night. Yeah, now there's five. (laughs) Mom, can you come see my movie? (laughs) No, I'm busy. Bring the bridge club. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. So what's opening this weekend? This weekend? one that I'm struggling to remember. Three biggies. Three biggies. And one lesser known. The one lesser known, I'll throw it right away. It's the Dallas Buyers Club. Never heard of it. Nope. No? Nope. Um, it is about a movie where a guy, it's it's a real movie. Like a, yeah, real movie. Go figure. <laughs> it is a movie based on real events. There we go. Okay. Documentary? It, no. It's dramatization. Oh, okay. It's Aaron Brockovich-ish. Ish. All right. Gotcha. A guy uh, goes into Mexico and starts purchasing these uh, chemicals and drugs that... Uh, make a cocktail for cancer patients that helps them. Oh, okay. And smuggles it up because it's not approved by the FDA or whatever. Yeah, I get you. And uh, he starts distributing it, but he doesn't sell it. He has people join the Dallas Buyers Club, and this is what they get when they join the club. Kind of like oh, okay. the verse Breaking Bad kind of thing? Exactly. All right. Science, so, uh, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is coming out this weekend. Along with Freebirds, another kids movie. Yeah, Scott Mosier. Scott Mosier. Yep. yep. Did you hear about the flack that that movie is getting? Yes, it's ridiculous. Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> of all people, is rallying, just railing against Freebirds, saying that it's an attack on the American way of life and that it's an attack on. The tradition of eating a turkey at Thanksgiving. It's the... The premise is oh. two turkeys go back in time to stop turkeys becoming the meal of Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I want to see it desperately. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Rush Limbaugh is rallying against it. That means the billboard, my favorite billboard of all time, goes against the American way of life. It is a billboard, and it has three plaster of Paris cows standing on each other's shoulders. And on the sign, it says, eat more beef. But the one cow has a paintbrush, and he's kind of brushed over, and it says chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I love that billboard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he said he, Rush Limbaugh is saying that this is a uh, a plot, I guess, by the uh, the veggie left to 
disrupt the uh, the the turkey right for a lack of <laughs> any sense. <laughs> rush, rush, rush. Don't make me destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> if only you could. <laughs> Yeah, so, oh, yeah, man. Mosier, I, I think, uh, was it Smith was uh, busting his balls on uh, yep. Smodcast last week. Yep. He said, see, it wasn't me, Kevin saying that goes, it wasn't me, it was all this time, it was Mosier making all these movies that was causing all this negative publicity. <laughs> That's it. Yep. See? Yep. It's all Mosier's fault. Kevin's so misunderstood. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? 17 minutes to a Kevin reference. That's pretty good. <laughs> now, I do know what the other, the, I guess the big movie coming out this week. And I, I, Can I introduce it, please? Sure. Yeah, it's this movie. It's starting out here. It's called Stealing somebody so, else's bit. Yes, I can't help it. I like that bit. <laughs> you, you just, Carlos Mencia. <laughs> yes, I know. I apologize, Mr. Garmin. I love you, man. <laughs> As I was saying. What about the apology to Harry? <laughs> no, no apology <laughs> necessary. <laughs> yes, so Ender's Game is coming out. Game. I've never read the books, but I've heard good things. I haven't either, but I do want to see it. Well, it does look. It does look visually. It looks like it's going to be another amazing visual. It looks exciting. Do we, need, you know? do we need bad religious press? Ender's Game. No, no. Do we need bad religious press? Um, any press is good press. Sweet. I'm going to see it because my God is in it. <laughs> uh, my God is a mumbler. <laughs> He's just shy. That's right. <laughs> and the last one coming out is Last Vegas. Oh, that one does look fun. Yes. I just saw a uh, commercial today for it, and it does look pretty fun. My favorite part's the end. It shows them laying on the bed going, oh, my God, the room's spinning, and they pan back, and they're on a rotating bed. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, when they're going into the suite. Yeah, no, this this is resumed for 50. 50 people can get in here? No, Chris, yeah, yeah, from the Jackson 5. We get it. <laughs> yeah, I do want to see that one as well. Maybe I'll wait till this weekend. And There's go. something about those old men bonding comedies. They tend to just resonate with a lot of people. Well, you said you're starting to get older and you're starting to relate. Not just. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're older than me there, pal. Chronologically. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Chronologically, know, yes. yeah. <laughs> Taking my alpha brain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. <There's> <laughs> contact <laughs> sports when you need them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, coming there up are, are a couple other little ones coming out, but nothing of uh, note. Note, Hank, there are no TV shows being released this week. Oh, they're all out. What the crap all is the that? All the seasons have started. Yeah, they and whatnot, are they? So they're all out. I get a peek. Hey, none next week either. Sweet. Okay, <laughs> I think we're done with the TV shows. Yay! Well, yeah, we're we're in the the teeth of the new seasons of everything right now. So mm-hmm. I've got to admit, I am behind a few weeks in Marvel's Agents of Shield. It's been busy; can't keep up. I'm falling behind. Zombie Colson's gonna get you. I know. I think <laughs> I, know. I, I think I'm one week behind on that. I'm caught right up on my sons. Yes. Um, oh, I have not watched last week's sons yet. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, just, I know. There's I am that. caught up on Dead though. On well, The Walking Dead, I'm caught up on that. Put it this way, Tara's plans finally come to fruition. Like, you see what she's oh, been plotting. Yep. And that's going to break my heart, I think. Oh, oh, yeah. I used to think Gemma was badass. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> Tara, Tara learned from the best. Oh, yes. So. 
Definitely. Yeah. <sighs> Kurt right. Sutter tweeted that, uh, oh, God, I jaded and slated. I can't remember what the name of the actual episode is. But he says, this ep- after this episode airs, the Teller family will never be the same again. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I got to make sure I watch it tomorrow. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. And The Walking Dead still going and yes. getting very good now. I'm really liking this season. Yes. Really, really liking that there's so many little questions and you think you know the answer. I've got my theories, but I just don't know. I might have to throw that out. What would your three questions be in the apocalypse? Because that's what... Uh, three questions? Oh, yeah. Uh, Rick Grimes, he uh, runs into a girl in the woods. Yeah. And he goes, well, if you want to join us, i got to ask you and your husband three questions. You know, uh, okay. So they get over there and realize that well, her husband's actually just a head in a bag, and she brought him to feed him. <laughs> <laughs> but his three questions are: Have you ever killed zombies? Have you ever killed any humans? And why? Oh, well, mm-hmm. killing the zombies—I can see where you'd have to do that. Killing the humans. Probably in the same vein as the previous answer. I can see where you'd have to do that. Yeah. And why? Well, that's the big part. Yeah. Continued existence. <laughs> that's the that's the ultimate answer right there. But I think with uh, Rick, it's are you doing it selfishly? Oh, he's he's yes. working on the moral aspect. He's looking of, for yeah. the. He's watching out for those people that will kill indiscriminately over the people that only do it if they absolutely have. Gotcha, to. gotcha. For the greater good or for their good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, and of course, I now know how to beat Rick Grimes at his game. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're prepared. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't kill anybody. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> okay, DVDs coming up. Two biggies. One that I'm looking forward to, Monsters University. I loved it in the theater. I want to see the bonus stuff. I can't wait to see it. And one that Mike is looking forward to, R.I.P.D. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Well, considering what I watched today, watching R.I.P.D. is probably uh, going to uh, be a, a step up. Yeah, we can't go any further. What would you watch? I watched uh, I Spit on Your Grave 2. Oh, on purpose? It. On purpose. Well, see. He tripped I, and he fell and it was in his I, phone. I, <laughs> I watched the original. Then I watched the remake, and I, the completest in me says, you have to watch. And the remake wasn't that bad. Uh, I don't know about two. I haven't seen it. it was, I have vague recollections of seeing the original, but I have no interest in yeah. seeing the, the uh, Yeah, the girl that starred in two is just incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the, the rape. It's, it's a rape revenge movie, just like I Spit on Your Grave, the first one. And the brutality she suffers. And then the revenge that she extracts is just mind-bending. So this is just another story of that venue. Same being, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like the Crow movies. Yeah, yeah. It was all... never about Eric Draven again. It was always about other people that died and came back. Yeah. Well, see, well, we talked about that one movie last week, the uh, um, the one with Danny Trejo, where he's the... Uh, Death in Tombstone. That's right. <laughs> that could be another crow, version of the crow. Actually, yeah. I was just thinking about that. I went, okay, that is almost well, part... He was in the last one, wasn't he? The crow one? Trejo was in... Oh. He was in one. Trejo is was like, that the one in the the Los Angeles Crow Los Angeles? Uh, no. 
See, Danny Trejo. City of Angels. He was, he was in the one that I believe had Boreanis. Oh. Uh, the crow got shot, and he did some sort of Mexican-Indian tribal dance to bring the crow back to life, which brought the crow guy back up. Oh, I don't remember that one at all. Uh, I do. Oh. I try to block it out, but it's Trejo. <laughs> I, I, I just, it sticks with me, Trejo. <laughs> I'm just oh. going through. I don't see it. Yeah. Machete, Machete has hacked his way into my memories for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else did I watch this week? I watched... Um, uh, now you see me. Fantastic movie. I that do. was so much fun. I, I know somebody, so. somebody on the Facebook board um, didn't like the uh, the twist at the end. Yeah, uh, it was Ryan. Ryan, Ryan Haskell. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he he said it was unnecessary. I I thought disagree. it added another layer. Yeah, I, I said you needed. I, I they needed that twist to to get that story all the way out. Yep. And he said once once it was revealed, I went, oh, okay. Now I now yeah, it makes much more it. sense. As I said on the Facebook page, uh, my pick as the best movie of the year so far. It was a fun. Now you see me. Yes. Seriously, top to bottom, fun. Visually, looked great. Best movie out of the whole year. Of what we've seen this year, it is well. It's okay. If not the best, I say my favorite of the year. Ah, I don't say that. There we go. Uh, I can, okay. I, I, I stand by that. Truly. Yeah, it was, it was, I, it was an original. Exactly. That's, that, that that's we, another key. Well, point. it's a, it's an original spin on the heist movie. And yes, because it, it is a heist movie. Yes. And it's an original spin. And I said, the, the cast had a lot of power in it. And, well, and Woody the Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg are awesome together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the, and the characters weren't formulaic. No, they weren't. There wasn't the one total badass. There wasn't that they all had a little flavor of their own, their own little bit of bad badassness, you know, their yep. own little quirks. Yep. The, the dialogue was fantastic. Yeah. The banter that these guys threw around was just excellent. Yeah. I said Mark Ruffalo played a... Fantastic FBI agent and like Mark, he, Mark Ruffalo. I think he's one of the most underrated guys in Hollywood. I would agree. Did would anybody agree. try and get him angry? <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wrong genre. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I just got looking up Danny Trejo here. I was. That's a long list. <laughs> okay. Seriously, you want to know something here? Twenty-four movies right now. That are either in production or getting ready to film. 24? He's connected to 24 films. Oh. That doesn't surprise me. Because he does a lot of pop-up cameo type stuff. Yeah, it does, yeah he can, he can always remember set when for he one day. And then. Everybody always says, Kevin Bacon's in everything. I beg to differ. No. This man is in everything. Try the, yeah, let's switch the, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game. Let's switch degrees of Machete game. Yes. <laughs> Let me see real quick. There's Skinny Dip, Force of Execution, Mucho De Niro, In the Blood, uh, Vengeance, Muppets Most Wanted. I gotta see that. <laughs> Big Guns, Beyond Justice, Reaper, Vanish, Redemption, The Dark Desc- Darkness Descending, L.A. Slasher, uh, Bullet, Strike One, Badasses, A Horse Story, The Prey, Snapshot, Book of Life, In with the Outlaws, uh, VNQs. I'm guessing that's what that one is. The Last Duane, Ambition, and 179th Street. Wow. That tells, <laughs> that, that tells me that he's going to be known as the king of the straight-to-video. Well, 
Because I, I guarantee you, probably nine tenths of that list are all straight to video. Yeah, regardless, he's getting paid for all the work. No, and can't like fault him. He's probably one of the hardest work guy, work oh, yeah. guys in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, he said he. There's some couple TV movies in here, so. Yeah. Said he he gets his screen time, and then he gets gets his checks cashed. So. <laughs> you can't fault the man for the way he works. Oh no! It's obviously working. Yep. Okay. And that's what I have for DVD releases. And that was all from RIPD. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm just trying to annoy him. Oh, dear. Mike's thinking. Oh, I also watched The Hobbit. Uh, there's one more in there. And it'll come I watched, back to me. I watched, I'm trying to remember, I think I watched two movies this week. One of them was an unknown comedy. I believe it might have even been Canadian-made because it was definitely shot and like filmed in Canada. It was definitely in Canada, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It was called My Awkward Sexual Adventure <laughs> or My Awkward Sexual Encounter or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, a weird title. And it was the title that got me. Yeah. Funny. It had sex in it. it well, yeah, but it was, <laughs> it was awkward sex. It fit the title because it was, but it was funny. One leg on the floor and the other on the bed. Well, no, it's, it, that's awkward. Okay. It opens black screen and then boom, it's a guy on top of his girlfriend and he's just going through the motions. He's like, he's trying, but not overly excited or anything, but he's doing the motions and she's asleep. <laughs> and the next morning he's making her breakfast in bed, getting all sweetie lovey dovey. And she's like, this isn't going to work. You're, you're a lousy lover, blah, blah, blah. So the whole movie is about him trying to become a better lover. Oh, okay. And he hires this, he meets this stripper who's got, you know, aspirations of being a chef or whatever. And they make a deal and she's trying to teach him how to be a better lover. Gotcha. Not, not physically teaching him until it comes to one part of the activity. But she's trying to teach him, like, how to talk to women, all that kind of stuff. It, it was actually really funny. All right. Well, did you know that uh, the first day of shooting was on a Sunday for that movie? It's uh, the scenes in the rub and tug. Okay. <laughs> Great it was, scene. It was Great shot scene. in a working massage parlor, and Sunday was the only day of the week they were closed. That was a, uh, that was a great scene. It was funny. Just trying to teach him that he can't. He's got to control himself. He's got to hold it in. He doesn't. And somebody gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. It was funny. It's actually okay. one of the funniest bits in the movie. <laughs> Got to see it now. It was yeah. it was pretty funny. <laughs> and the other one I saw, um, I don't know if you guys heard of it. It was this um, uh, it's a ghost type thing called The Conjuring. I don't know if you heard of it. Um, I heard something about that. Yeah, that was put on by the uh, the guy that the Taps team, didn't it? Or uh, maybe yeah, could yes. have been one of those Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters. Hunters yeah. It was a special edition. They just Stop released my. it to film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was, you know, coming from the guy who's not into horror, I loved it. Yeah. It was great. It was enthralling, engaging. It moved well. Like the said, effects it, were cool. It goes back to the old spooky movies. Yeah, absolutely. Just, absolutely. Yep. You know, they actually use the effects of today to good good use in that movie. Yeah, that hand clap scene. Oh, <laughs> creepy, creepy, creepy. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen one? the DVD for it? 
No. It's got that motion picture. Oh, yeah. And that's got her at the top of the stairs, and you move it, and the hands appear. Right ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was, uh, that's definitely a, a Halloween watch. Oh, big time. That, yeah, I'm going to definitely... Try. I don't do. I don't do the horror, the the Halloween watch much. You know, there might maybe one I try to catch it at least once a year, but yeah. I want to try and put that in there because it's definitely worth. Yeah, it. see, it's not a gory. Uh, it, no. It's a horror story by any stretch of the imagination. It is a psychological horror ghost story. Yeah, the and horror is relatively minimal. Yeah, it's it the the scares that come. Are super effective scares, and it's it's paced really well, and it is like one of the best ghost stories I've seen in a long time. And that's what James Wan and Chris Linnell—that's the, the, the kind of story they like, you know, from Saw to Insidious. It's not about the gore; it's about the story. And it yeah, it was phenomenal. Oh yeah, hands down phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yep, highly recommend. Well, as far as they go, like I said, even if you look back at the original Saw. There's a bit of blood in that, but it's minimal compared well, to the rest yeah, of that when you series. Look back on it, absolutely, yes. That is more of a, a thought movie. Yeah, you know, it did, turned into something else. But well, I think that's when the Hollywood producers get their hands on it and they said, "All right, we got to ramp everything up here." Yeah, well, you're only using forty gallons of blood. No, 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 thousand. Yeah, Find yeah. places to use it. Yeah. <laughs> Paint the walls. That's right. We want to see ripping tendons and broken yeah. bone. Come on now. In 3D, you just got to throw it at the screen. <laughs> that was dumb. That's that little nozzle shooting out the, the cherry jello oh, again. For yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, but did you ever see, it was uh, a few years ago, Ninja Assassin? Yes. No. Yep. No? Okay, it was a fun action flick, a fun ninja action flick. <laughs> but they... They went so far with the 3D that they CGI'd blood splatter at the screen. Yeah. Kind of started ruining the flick for me, really. Yeah. It it did look cool and all, but it kind of started to ruin the flick for me. Yeah, it was so far over the top. It was... uh, Any any movie about ninjas, really, is going to be that way, honestly. Yeah, but it, it just went... Although, except it, it went to a different level. I have one. Kind of. I have one ninja movie that I always can go back to because, and I do enjoy watching this every. I watch it about once every couple of years. Uh, the Hunted with Christopher Lambert, the Highlander. Oh, where there he's can be a, only one. Yes, <laughs> that guy. Yes, but yeah, it's he's a businessman who witnesses a ninja assassin killing a, a woman. Oh, and that'll mess you up. He only. He's the only person. I've to see never his recovered. Face. Yep. I've never recovered. <laughs> <laughs> but when word gets out that this guy saw this ninja's face and he's the leader of the ninja clan, well, this samurai goes and rescues him, uses him bait because he's got a vengeance against the ninja clan. And mm-hmm. it was it's a really neat flick. It, well, all right. The it, Hunted? The Hunted. It's, it's older. It's uh, got to be mid-90s. Yeah, I'll check Netflix for that one. Yeah. It's got to be mid-90s. Yeah. Well, if you're in a ninja flex, it'd be a good one. <laughs> well, it's a lot of Japanese culture, like the ninja and the samurai yeah. cultures, really get profiled well. Cool. Wow. I said the uh, the Netflix viewing at my house has been uh, stand up comedy specials and uh, Bones and <laughs> just. See, I've never watched Bones. Yeah, nah. I've I've watched a handful of episodes here and there because my son chewed through all the seven seasons. Oh, he got caught up to the last season or whatever, yeah. and he was chewing through them in a hurry. So yeah. I would catch an episode here and an episode there. 
I would like to watch it from the beginning, but that's a lot to watch. Oh, yeah. So, well, seven seasons of a... Seven seasons of a network show, which means 20 episodes yeah. plus yeah. per season. 45 yep. minutes a pop. That's a that's a lot of TV. Yep. That'll keep you busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, our topic that we threw up was uh, twist endings. Yeah. Whether you loved or hated them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, I know you, you chimed in about... Uh, no, now you see me. Yes. Now it's going to make me watch it. Right, see I that. was going to see it before, but... Now that's yeah, a twist. It, it, that the the twist ending in that is that up up to the point where that the ending the twist happened, it was a a very fine movie. It was a very enjoyable movie. And when that happened, I went, ah it just yeah. just brings it up one more level exactly. in my opinion. And so that's how I felt. Yeah. Just I I always I remember having that little buzz thinking, maybe, maybe. But then by the end, I'm like, no. And then, hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's see. It, the, everybody plays the role straight, straight down the middle. Yeah. Bam. And then when this twist happens, it's like, choo, 90 degrees to the left. And you're just going, whoa. Okay. See, now, uh, who is this? Brad on here posts the Book of Eli. Great ending forces you to watch it over again. I, Do you I, ever find that when you have a twist like that? That you go back and you rewatch the movie to try and catch the cues? I've never actively done it, but there is one movie in particular that I want to try and do that with, and that's Memento. Not that it was really yeah. a twist, but it just, the movie, because the movie was the way they put it out, if you re edit the movie, and you can find it on YouTube, they re edited, somebody re edited that movie in proper chronological sequence. Yeah. And it does make like perfect sense. Oh, wow. But you, to watch the movie and try and make sense of it, it's, it's a mind trip. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie, yeah. but it's a mind trip. Yeah. Another one I didn't put on the Facebook page that I really liked, I liked the twist ending, was uh, The Machinist. Oh, okay. With, Christian, uh, Bale. Christian Bale. Where he, Anorexic boy. Holy cow. Yep. That guy, he lost. The Machinist? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, oh he, he, he plays weighs. a guy that he's a is a chronic insomniac. Okay, and he's dealing. He has a, a he thinks he's being tracked by this guy I think named Ivan. I think the guy's name, and it's a psychological thriller. Okay, and you don't know what's going on until the very end. That's when it, everything is revealed, and you're going whoa, and that that's where your hair gets blown back. Okay. No, so, not me. The machinist. <laughs> well, no. Metaphoric <laughs> hair gets blown back. His eyebrows. All jokes, yeah. <laughs> His eyebrows get blown back. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that I watched over again, like, uh, and probably everybody does, Sixth Sense. As soon, yeah. as, as soon as I came out on DVD and the twist was there, I was like, okay, back up and start watching again. And I've only watched it once. I, that was enough for me, but I do get it. Yes, that twist was amazing. Unfortunately, that was, Shyamalan was a one-hit pony. Yeah, you know, I, but yeah, if you go back, like there's a lot of cues. Like the color red is associated with uh, any time he tries to interact with the real world. Right. And I didn't notice it the first time. Yeah. But you go back every time he does, like the one doorknob is red, and he reaches for it. And, oh yeah, I love stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good. Um, I think um, Fight Club made the list as well. Just recently, because somebody just recently watched it. Yeah. Yeah. They said. We don't. Oh, we gotta talk club. about the damn movie. I don't care about the rule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling Tyler. No, it was. Uh, I remember watching it for the first time, and I just going, 
there's something off. Ooh, I just lost yep, everything. Oh, my headphones. Uh huh. You lost your headphones? Yeah, my. Uh, They're right there on your head, dude. I see them. <coughs> nothing. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Anyways, whoa. Keep talking. All right. Yeah. Oh, not yet. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there you go. Smack it. Modern technology. Yeah. Just had to retape it. it. No. Uh, <laughs> like the, the the subliminal flash of Tyler. That I, I'm down again. Uh, the subliminal flash that you see at Tyler at the, the kind of working through it, and uh, and then um, again, you never see a lot of people address Tyler personally. Yeah, and then like like concurrent viewings. That's when you start to see the small little clues. I'm going, oh yeah, there it is. That was it's another one I did a long right time away since I've watched it. So I'm I'm going to try and make time to rewatch it. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's three different times in there where there's subliminal Tylers. Yeah. Right before he actually meets him. Yeah. Okay. There's one, it's a just a a, a real blatant flash of Tyler. Yeah, and, in the office. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, some of the other ones are a little more subtle. Yeah, I have to rewatch that. Yeah. Sometimes. Well. I know I liked it. I definitely... No, it's uh, it's one I can rewatch. Oh yeah, and you know this is kind of a bad topic in a way, only because we're suggesting movies and people are going to watch them anticipating the, the twist. twist. Yeah, yeah. well, because like I, I, the one I put up here was the others, and I absolutely love that movie for the twist. Yeah, you know, is that the one with Kidman? Yes. Yeah, never watched it. Good, very good. Yeah, really good. You'd like that one. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger better better sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50 percent off on selected items get the all-new terry d shearer's bloody hell t-shirt or non-members 
pick up one of our ebooks for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. What else do we have on here? I put a couple up there. We do tend to spoil these. Yeah. So. Well, okay, we did Sixth Sense and Fight Club. But in our defense, if you haven't seen it, you're lame. Yeah. (laughs) Those two? Definitely, yes. Now, I put up there. I know I put up a couple for different reasons. One of of the first ones. Let's do uh, another another twist ending that was excellent was The Usual Suspects. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I remember that one now. Kaiser Soze thing. Oh, and his favorite, The Mist. <laughs> yes, the mist, the most depressing end of a movie ever. <laughs> Someone doesn't like it, go. huh? There we go. Uh, it's not that I don't like it. It's just incredibly depressing. <laughs> well, that's that's the way it was designed. I know, but damn. <laughs> and I, I I've never read the book, so I wonder if it was that. The ending that was in the book, you know. I I've never read the book either. I don't know for sure. I, I should look that up sometime. I'm not going to bother right now, but okay. Uh, who else is on here? I got a. Oh, okay, I'm sort of kind of here. You yeah. coming back? I okay. also said in there, red state. Yeah, because that whole. Well, okay, the ending that was pretty neat, but it's got the best. It's got the best line. ending. It's not really a twist ending, but well, well the, the, there is a neat twist at the end. You don't see that the, the explanation of the ending is the twist. Yeah. Yes. So the explanation that's... of the ending is the twist. But it's got, I, I, quite possibly, my favorite last line of a movie. That is good. I do like that one. Because <laughs> he whistles so freaking often. Uh, let me see here. Whistles. Isn't he whistling at the end? No, he's... he's uh, oh, preaching. he was singing. He's that's preaching. right. He was preaching. He was preaching. And then all you hear is... <laughs> Never mind. So totally having technical difficulties right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm about to beat up the box here in a minute. It's just me and Rob because <laughs> Mike can't hear nothing, so he's just not participating. Nope. He's, he's infatuated with the fact that he can't hear nothing. Oh, there, try it now. Can, oh, can you hear it? How about now? How about, I'm doing nothing. I'm just talking. Okay. I just got softer, but I can still hear, so we're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm back on. All righty. Brad put in here, the most depressing ending is buried with Ryan Reynolds. 
spoiler alert, he gets buried. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched that. And, it's know, good. I, I'm, I'm on record as being a Ryan Reynolds fan. I know. Just not getting into that argument. I just, But I have not watched it. The, I, uh, oh, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I, when I watched it, it's like, oh my god, how can they have a, an hour and a half movie a guy in a box? I got to see this. Now, yeah. which came first, that movie or the episode of CSI that Tarantino did? Tarantino. Oh, I believe did, CSI did. I think that came first, and it's along the same lines. But, but CSI is different because uh, it it goes outside the box. Yeah, true. Yeah, you true. know. But um, I was going to say um, the road. Did you see that one? Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. Yes. That no, I haven't. Oh, I, Talk I heard about, mixed things about it, and it kind of scared me away from it. Um, it is not as depressing as the end of the mist. Okay. But it is pretty bad, and there's a, I guess, kind of a twist at the end with the. The kid and Vigo, and you're just kind of like, oh, this is heartrending the way it. Uh... I like Vigo Mortensen. Okay, he's he's a top actor out there. Okay, but his name, I just think of Ghostbusters. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's Vigo. Yeah. Oh, Vigo. There we go. All right. There. Is that better? That's much better. There we go. Just switch up some cables. Throw that out. That's junk. Now we're heading to the other side where uh, someone piped up The Village from Lisa. I don't think. I can't remember watching that. That I know I didn't. I know I did not. I refuse. uh, Okay. I'm going to spoil the crap out of this one, so be prepared. Oh, that's the the master of the twist ending. Yes. Yes. This is where he officially This is a small village in this woods, and uh, there's a monster attacking the village, and they don't know what it is. It's got Ron Howard's daughter in it there, uh, Bryce... Dallas Howard or something like that. I can't remember her name. Now. Is that her name? That sounds about right. Okay. But uh, finally, at the very end, they realize that this area is contained and people are living normal lives outside this area. But this village is like from 1800s. Yeah. You it's know? like in the middle of Central Park. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. People go into the woods and they don't come back. Well, that's because they find the real world and go, oh my God, there's a life out here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that and... Okay, the the trailers hyped it up as this really dark and mysterious monster type horror flick in the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. And then somebody I, I know saw it and said within like 10 minutes, no, it's a friggin' lovey-dovey story. Oh, awesome. And then I hear the... Oh, made the Wookiee mad. <laughs> and then I hear about the twist. The random Wookiee. Well, oh. he said, you, you want to talk twist endings, you may as well just say every movie that M. Night Shyamalan has ever attempted to make is nothing but a twist at the end. Yeah. And, and then his twist... Generally, he tries to go too far to the left field, ends up going uh, 300 degrees in the wrong direction. I know the math doesn't add up. Don't don't (laughs) hate me on that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the happening. Oh, the happening. (laughs) (laughs) That and... uh Lady, uh, in the Lady in the Water. <laughs> okay, See, I've heard next to nothing about Lady in the Water. You ain't missing nothing. My, my best friend saw the happening, told me about it, and I wanted my money back. I oh. didn't even see the movie, and I wanted my money back. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, so that was, I was in the same boat. I think I ended up going to the movie theater to watch the happening. And again, that was, <laughs> I'm just sitting, the lights came up. 
and like I'm not the only shell shocked person sitting in the theater. Just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and what the the people from the theater weren't standing at the door with a refund? Oh yeah, we're no, sorry. they were all scared. Yeah, so. They were <laughs> hiding. Yeah, you, you, you got to go sweep out that theater. Oh no! You're walking out of the theater and you see eyes popping over the counter. <laughs> gone yet? <laughs> it's only seven o'clock and the place is locked you up gotta, tight. Go in there. Go in there. See if everybody's left. No, I ain't going in there. But it's your turn. Go You're the new guy. You do it. Yeah, the old man on the totem pole gets it. Uh-huh. Well, okay, the one that, that I did like was uh, Unbreakable, the one that he did. I only ever watched the beginning. I never got to finish that. And that's oh, the yeah. only Shyamalan film that I've not seen that I want to see. Bruce Willis and yes, Samuel Jackson. That one I have Fantastic. heard. Fantastic. But that's the one of his movies that I haven't seen that I want to. Yeah. I think that one, I think it was uh And it didn't really have sense. a twist, though, did it? Uh, I would think it you could say it did. Okay. Cause I heard, the way I heard it described, that there is no real twist in the end. Um, it's it, it, what little twist there might have been was like pretty obvious. It wasn't really a twist. Well, it's, if it when, is, it is. If it isn't, it isn't. I want to see it. Yeah. So. Yeah. You. It. it it's a, actually, it's a superhero movie. Right, that's how I hear it. Yeah. That's, that, that's the only way I can really describe it. It's got it. Willis before he went crazy, and it's got Sam Jackson, who's pretty always much always crazy. gold. So. Yeah. Always awesome. <laughs> yes. Mr. Glass. Well, the one that I watched, and I love this movie, and I hate the end, is Near Dark. Oh, yeah. As long as you're ready for that ending, which is the most stupid, moronic... Okay, I'm getting a little <laughs> passionate about that. As long as you're ready for that ending, the movie kicks ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Because uh, a vampire movie, they never say the word vampire in it, ever. No. Nope. You know, they just do their thing. Yeah. Bill Paxton's in it, who is awesome Classic. as Severn. Oh, yes. Classic. Lawrence, or... Uh, Oh, my God. Adrian. Lance Henriksen yeah. and Jeanette Goldstein are in it. Isn't Adrian Pazdar in that? Adrian Pazdar is in it, yep. From Heroes fame. He, yep. That's his biggest claim to fame afterwards, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, what the heck is it? Michelle Wright? Not that Michelle Wright, but the actress. I think that's her name. You mean not the local country star? No, no. not the local <laughs> country star. <laughs> not her. <laughs> but some of the action in this movie is just unreal. Well, did you... I, I haven't like, watched it for a while. Does it really hold up? Oh yeah, it I does. have it. Okay. Did you hear the um, the scene where he's running out and the smoke is pouring out of him? Did you hear how they how they did that scene? Well, what they did they they rigged up a little box with a little fan, and they put a hand like three or four lit cigars in this thing, <laughs> and they and they and they piped. Uh, that just they, sounds like a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> they said they, and they had these uh, little pipes all, going out all through his body. And so when the fans blowing the cigar smoke out all over the place because they couldn't figure out how to get him moving across while he's on fire. And I, th- I remember listening to the, I think it was the extra, goes, I smelled so bad after that scene because he would... He'd go across the field and he'd trip, and they have to reset, and then uh, he'd do it again. He goes, "I was covered in smoke and nicotine." It was. I would have thought brutal. the box was getting hot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to insulate it. It was cool too because uh, the big trio at the beginning, like the uh, Lance Henriksen, Jeanette Goldstein, and Bill Paxton, they're all from Aliens. Yep. Who's the girl? Only the most badass girl in that whole movie. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I, I, I'm telling you, it's Fortunately, been a long time. Her name is drawn a blank on me. Um, Ruiz? Uh, no, no, no. no. Um, 
not not Spunk. Ridley. Uh, oh, no, that was Ripley. Not nah, uh, wrong lady. Oh, <laughs> um, Sanchez. No. Um, oh, it's close. No. Uh, it was a, lo- a Latin name, definitely. Man, this is bad. We were Sangria. No. Uh, no. Hey, it wasn't Spunkmeyer. That was one of the pilots. Vasquez. Vasquez. There we go. Thank you, IMDb. Uh, <laughs> yes, and she goes out with uh, was uh, their, their their colonel, the lieutenant or lieutenant who has never been on a drop before. Gorman. Gorman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those three were in that. And then what was the other one that they all did together? I don't remember her from too much. So no. No, the other one was the other three. It was Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, and uh, Michael Bien. Oh, Terminator. Yeah. God, yes. yes. Oh, a little indie flick. Yes. I always forget that. Always forget that Paxton movie. was in that because he was just in that one brief little scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I had a little funny story about the Terminator. When I was living in Edmonton when I was way back in then, they had a midnight showing of the Terminator. To get into the theater, it was... Uh, it was um, they're having a food drive for the food bank. I think it was uh, five bucks on a can of food to uh, go in and see the Terminator. They had so many people show up. They had to open up another theater to show this. Oh, wow. And they said it was the scene where Arnold goes into the police station and he does the thing. He said, I'll be back. The whole place erupted. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. So he said, I got to see the Terminator on the big screen. So it, that was pretty fun. I love stuff like that when you can revisit the old movies on the big screen. Yeah. I've got the, there's a game that they put out. It's not the greatest because the cameras for Xbox and whatnot aren't, you know, they still need to work on them a bit. But you stars, you're in the movie. So it's it takes famous scenes for movies, yeah. and then it tells you where to stand and what to say, and it films you, and then it, it superimposes you into the scene. Oh, cool. First I ever saw that was Kevin. He posted it, like, on YouTube. And this was, like, three, four years ago at least, of him as the Terminator doing that scene. <laughs> yeah. And he comes, he comes up, and he's got you like, chewing gum or whatever. Yeah. Is there Connor there? Yeah. She's in the back. You can't see her. I'll be back. <laughs> and then it shows a car crashing. It. Oh, nice! <laughs> so essentially, it, for Babylon fans, it was Kevin before Kevin became a thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, he Kevin in himself. Exactly. <laughs> well, I just read this little blurb. Uh, we were talking about how the three are from Aliens. I guess in the movie, at about twenty-one minutes, Caleb is stumbling through town, and there's a theater in the background showing Aliens. Yeah, in yeah, near yeah. dark, really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I never noticed that. Yeah, that's. I n- thought near dark was before that. Eighty-seven. Really? I thought near Aliens dark was, was like eighty-six. I thought it was near dark was like early eighties. No, damn. It was Catherine Bigelow's first movie by herself. Oh, okay. Zero dark thirty, lady. <laughs> She's come away since then. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't she do uh, Hurt Locker? Did she do Hurt Locker? Uh, Dang, nabbit. Is she Cameron's Stop ex-wife or asking wife me or all these questions. Catherine Bigelow? Yeah. Not to my knowledge. Because hmm. hmm. I seem to recall uh, Avatar and The Hurt Locker were both up for Best Picture at the Oscars, and it was Cameron and his ex-wife. Ooh, that won't cause any problems. <laughs> yeah, and Let's she won. see here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. From 89 to 91, she was married to James Cameron. Yeah. Huh. There you go. Wow, you are educated. 
<laughs> and the Hurt Locker was hers. Yep. Yeah. Well, look at you go. Look I'm a thought to use this information. Look at that. He's a man now. No doubt he grows <laughs> <Now>? up. <laughs> Let's see what else she, she did. Blue Steel, Point Break. Strange Days. Point Break. Point Break. Wow. Yep. K-19, The Widowmaker. Oh, yeah. And then The Hurt Locker. So she started getting into the military drama, action yeah. drama type flicks. Sure. Yep. yep. Hmm. Point Break, though. Wow, that's a bit of a mind <laughs> right there. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, and I don't see any more movies that are on this list. Old Boy. Old Boy was fun. I've never seen that. Oh, what is that? Old Boy? Yeah, it's a Korean flick. It's about, oh, man. It's actually being remade right now. I've it, heard that title. Yeah. It's com- anybody um, attached to that? Do you know that? There's a name. Oh, I, I'm drawing a blank, too. Yeah. I know I've heard it recently. Yeah, it, it's being remade uh, as an American, like... The, the the original old boys Korean flick, so you get Korean like it, you get the English subtitles. There's a scene. It's a continuous scene of old boy when he escapes. It's him with a hammer, and he goes down. Like remember when I was talking about the uh, the battle scene for Thirteen Assassins? Mm-hmm. Old boy came up onto that list okay. as this scene. I think it was just like a, a twenty minute scene of him going from one end of the hallway to the other end of the hallway and it's filled with bad guys okay. and it's just him with the, him and his hammer just beating a living shit out of everybody there's nothing more heartwarming than watching a movie about a boy and his hammer yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yes. well, hey but, isn't there a movie like that coming out in a couple weeks <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of uh, next weekend yeah yeah, yeah. Week from Friday yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy nice. and his hammer nice segue <laughs> <laughs> Except we're not supposed to do next week's movies. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I've been hinting at them for a while now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure people know they're coming at <laughs> well, so. well, you think? The commercials oh. are only on every 30 seconds. Did you see uh, the first trailer for Winter Soldier? That they no, were, I oh. have not watched yet. I know it's out there, and I haven't had a chance to watch it. Oh. I haven't either. This, okay, they've got... Um, Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh it's got Johansson's back as the Black Widow. Okay. Um they have I can't I didn't catch who's playing, but there's a, a Falcon guy who's playing the yeah, Falcon. I heard he was in it. Yeah, I heard they were doing a Falcon yep. this time. Yep. Um Cap is back. His suit is a little more subdued than it was in the Avengers. It's more muted. Okay. So it's not as star spangly as it was before. Right. But the trailer for this, this Winter Soldier, that they, uh, he looks pretty badass. I think it's, uh, I think they're, they're going to get a good uh, Captain America movie out of this nice. one. Yeah, I'm just looking. There's not a bunch of names jumping out, but yeah. Did Col- you- Colby's back in it. Yeah. Did well, you yeah, I mean, you're, you, you got yeah, Kobe Smulders, you got Sam Jackson, yeah, uh, Zombie Coulson's in it as well. Now, Dominic Cooper's back in it as <laughs> Howard Stark. They must be, must be flashbacks. flashbacks. It's got to be. Yeah. Because um, they, that, that's what they probably were doing. They're going to do the flashback where the the Russians steal some of the technology to make Bucky. Uh, oh, spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> Way to go! I didn't Way mention to that on go. Mike, Mike, Mike. Jeez! <laughs> Pick up a comic book, people. It's been done for decades. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I didn't know that. I okay, I've heard it before. You said it, but. When, until I first heard the name Captain America Winter Soldier, I had no idea that that was. Yep. Okay, because I'm not, uh, I was never a, an Avengers fan. I, I never collected any of those comics, never got into Cap or anything like that. So 
Not I, I did not know that. Yeah. I knew because I used to collect the book Nomad. Yeah. And I got Nomad too, and I had no idea. That's like Bucky. I, there was mentioned that it was Bucky. I had no idea that he was also known as Winter Soldier. Right? But wow! I did collect Nomad because that was in my. I was new to collecting comics. I picked up everything with a number one on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> your fault. There's so many. Uh, yeah, pretty so much. Back in the day of speculating comic book. Uh, oh yes. Oh, uh, chromium X Men. X Men nineties. <laughs> the nineties run of X Men number, number one, one just destroyed the that. First, yeah. The first one to ever break a million sales, and now they're they're happy if they see a hundred thousand. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's there are so many copies of those gone. floating around. I know, and I've yeah. got. I got. I think I've got all one the variant ever. covers. And do you know what? Actually, I purchased after that came out. I bought number two, and I put three of them away, oh, and I yeah. sold them for twenty five <laughs> bucks each. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because the first one was crap. Because everybody had it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they said it. That, that that was a junk bond right there. But number two, that's where the money's at. Oh, I see a bad guy in this movie. Oh, crossbones! Nice crossbones. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he's a uh, uh, he's like one assassin. of the Red Skull's uh, yeah cronies. Okay, and uh, he uh, he's pretty serious. So oh. <laughs> that's gonna be fun seeing crossbones on the on this big screen. I oh. heard some interesting casting news that came out. Uh, I think a couple days ago. It's really breaking out right now. Remember I mentioned that they're doing an Elton John biopic? Yes. Okay. That's Timberlake's doing and that one, That right? was the rumor. Oh. He's not. And this is going to sound weird, but I can explain why. Well, I can't explain exactly why, but how they're doing it. Tom Hardy is playing the young Elton John. Tom Hardy? Is Tom Hardy. Bane is playing Elton John. How much that. weight is he going to have to lose? I don't know, but... You know, I'm thinking, can he sing? Well, he doesn't have to. Elton John himself is going to re-record his own music. So he's going to lip-dub Elton John. Pretty much. Nice. <laughs> Tom Hardy. And talk about casting out of left field. I don't no think anybody kid. saw that coming. No. <laughs> hey, listen. Everybody, okay. Yeah. Everybody was on board when it was going to be Timberlake doing Elton John. But yeah. I, and I'd like to know why that fell apart because uh, that to me just seemed like genius. Yeah, this is about Tom Hardy. Wow, there's some stunt casting if there ever was one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I think Bane will be a good Elton. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a rocket man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I don't know. <laughs> and just to throw out one more Kevin reference. Sure. Um, he's he is starting. Uh, got pre-production going for Tusk. Yeah. And he uh, mentioned um, he talked to, or he was you know been working with the his lead um, effects guy with for the the walrus costume. <laughs> I can't wait. for And that. apparently, it's a really disturbing walrus costume. I wouldn't doubt it. And and apparently, Kevin's exact words to the guy were. You're going to hell. And the guy just said right back to him, you first because you wrote it. <laughs> I want to see this damn movie now. Oh, yeah. like, well, not now, since pretty much since they first talked about it. Uh-huh. But Well, there is a movie coming out that I want to see. Okay. For Mr. Peabody, the only thing harder than being the world's most extraordinary dog. Is the president coming to dinner again? You'll see. Are you serious? Welcome to our... Mr. Sheldon and Peabody. <sighs> Live action or animated? Animated. Okay. Okay, I can see. Make it work. Bend the camera here. 
So CGI animated. All right. Yep. I'll, okay, I'm I in. can see it. You said if they tried to do that CG or live action, I would have burnt a theater down or something. When is that coming out? Because I, I mean, well, it just throws you back to Rocky and Bullwinkle. I am. Yeah. I'm in. That's exactly. I'm in. It. Let me Damn see. It, that was my favorite part of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Forget the moose and squirrel. I wanted them. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Right. I got. I can't wait to see that. Oh, there it is. When's it supposed to drop? Uh, it is coming out. Come on here. March 2014. Oh, that's too far. Ooh. Too far. Too far. Let's see if there's anybody in there. Um, Way too far. And isn't Stanley Tucci's in it. Isn't that Mel Brooks. March? Isn't that when Captain Cap comes out? Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert? Colbert. Oh. Eh. <laughs> Colbert. <laughs> Accent on the wrong syllable. Uh, Damn it. Frenchy words. <laughs> that is it. When does Cap come out, you ask? Yeah. Cap comes out. Boom, boom, boom. April 4th. April. So it's going to have a jump Peabody. on Yes. It's going to have a jump on them. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. We're good. I can live with that. All right. <laughs> and where is there? The last little bit I news I saw. They're doing a John Belushi biopic. Oh. And Emil Hirsch is slated to play John Belushi. Emil Hirsch. Really? I should know that name. Um, Crap. Just a second. Let me bring him up. The one thing that I knew him from was Into the Wild. Excellent movie, based on real, uh, real person that moved up to Alaska, basically living in the wild. Right, that name sounds very familiar. Found him dead in a deserted bus, but other than that, it's good. <laughs> not putting a face to it. Uh, the Darkest Hour, he was in Alpha Dogs, Lord of Dogtown, The Girl Next Door. There we go. Yeah. He's the dude that falls for Alicia Cuthbert. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm having trouble picturing him. Really? And no, no, not picturing him, but picturing him in that role as John Belushi. Yeah. No. Look at that. He's got the eyebrows. Yeah, That's him. Okay. All right. Now Did you show see? That? Yeah, maybe. Um, He's gonna have to put on a few pounds. Just yeah. so everyone CG. knows what we're we're referencing here. It's his IMDb profile pic. Yes. That way you can yeah. look it up yourself and go, ooh, they are right. Speaking of Belushi, do you see uh, Jim Belushi and his comedy troops coming to town? Yep. For uh, I think they do. A, I think really? they do a blues yeah, yeah. slash comedy thing. Yep. Ooh. I think it's uh, Jim and his other brother, and I think there's three or four other stand-up guys. Yeah. I like Jim Belushi. Yeah. I did, too. I've, I was a fan of his sitcom. I didn't watch it hardcore, but I liked watching it. He, yep. He, he's always been... Yeah. He said he, he's he always been in, underrated, really. He's yeah, he worked his way out. Shadow, right? Yeah. He did get out from under that shadow. <laughs> it was a big shadow to come out of from under, Oof. too. It's literally and figuratively. Yes. Uh, okay. One, there we go. I think we're unfortunately... Well, just one brief little quick news, a uh, new thing, a loss in the Hollywood world. Uh, character actor Ed Lauder. Yeah, um, yes, I he heard that today. The, uh, he was the quarterback of the guards in the original Longest Yard. He also mm-hmm. had a cameo in the remake. You'd know him if you saw him. He was in a ton of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, he, he passed away oh. this, this week. Also passing... Uh, this weekend was the uh, the actress that voiced uh, Edna Krabappel on the Simpsons. Yes. She, I can't remember her name. Oh, yeah, Wallace. Yeah, she uh, passed this weekend as yep. well. Yeah. So since we're starting to do more of the Hollywood news stuff, I yep. just wanted to throw that in there. In memoriam. Yes. Yep. There you go. 
We're going to do it better than the Oscars. We actually announce everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, not quite everybody. The ones that we remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we remember everybody that we remember. Yep. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you better... Uh, <laughs> that was dumb. Never mind. Let's pretend I didn't say that. Too late. It's recorded. <laughs> Damn it. Forever and ever. Oh, and just for updating statuses, the pilot episode is being edited as we speak. Yes. Nice. Not as you listen, because who knows when you'll listen. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, I, definitely. It said the, um, the, the intro that you sent me is... Phenomenal. Yes, it, it does look, look good. It looked, it looked really, yeah. really nice. So we just have to get to our editor the song. The oh, the yes, use. okay, yeah. Which There's, do we need to worry about changing that audio clip? Uh, Keep bringing it up, but we've got to work that out. I think if we just go with the straight up instrumental okay. version, I think the, for now, for now, I said if at the very least. We will have a pretty introduction. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> yes very much so. It so, does look nice. But after, after the introduction, everything gets questionable. It's really <laughs> ugly because you've got to oh, see no. us. There is still one other little bright little piece of sunshine in there. Okay. As we introduce ourselves for the beginning, he has these cool little metal things that slide across the bottom. And it says, the movie Madhouse, and have our name on it. No nice. way. All right. <laughs> Then after that, who knows? <laughs> Results may vary. <laughs> That's what you get when you put monkeys behind microphones. Exactly. <laughs> With faulty equipment. Stop it. There we go. My Where's the Eric went. Bananas? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play that today, did I? That's okay. <laughs> I'm going to get some gun Eric Bananas. <laughs> all right. We better wrap this up. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> plug away. Plug away. Um, uh, GWN uh, Pro Wrestling returns to the Cranian Cultural Center in Hamilton on uh, November 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my tag partner climbing back into the ring. We're not quite sure who we're going to beat the hell out of yet, <laughs> but... Like I said, I'm, I'm sure that I'm going to be getting more information. I'd volunteer, but I don't like pain. Uh, you would get pain. <laughs> Lots of pain. Lots of pain. I will phone you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're interested, um, go on Facebook. Look for uh, GWN Fandemonium page. That has, yeah, that has all the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a TV show that stole the name I like. Fangasm. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, maybe next time. Stupid Stanley. <laughs> What's he done? Stupid Stan. That's what this show is based on. Seven interns for Stanley at the Kamikaze Con. Oh, yeah. jeez. <laughs> oh, nice. Anyways. Yes, back to GWN. Back to GWN. Yeah, um, go check that out. You can get all your ticket information there. Um, November 24th, one thirty bell time. Nice. So what do you got? Uh, well, I'm ironing out the dates. I've got uh, one location locked down. I'm waiting to hear back on the exterior shots. And I've got to work out the bar. But I'm hoping to get everything, like try and get it all done in one weekend. That's so the 16th, nice. 17th, um, because the bar scene, I may be looking for extras. Once I have that ironed out, I will be pulling up a casting call. Need a few people for background there. So I think we have a... Facebook page, you can throw that on. I will. Yes, yes absolutely. Oh, that would be facebook.com slash the movie Madhouse. That's it. Yes, yes. That would, wow, you, nice plug. Yeah, no, keep I, that. 
keep that in your little minds, and we'll. Uh... <laughs> but you know, you know, we do all this. We got all our wonderful listeners, but by <coughs> please Whoa. don't send us emails. Don't send us requests. <laughs> don't send us any sort of feedback. I definitely do not send any of that to. to the movie madhouse at gmail.com. We hate that stuff. That's yes, right. No, please don't do it. Every time we turn it on, it goes ding, and then we have to read it. So yeah, don't send any more. Exactly. Do you think reverse psychology is going to work? <laughs> I hope so. I okay. bet you they haven't figured that one out yet. So okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> November 10th, JX3 might need your help. We need extras for a shoot here in Chatham at uh, Club Lentinas. Oh, okay. Yes, big dance recital shoot. Dance recital? <laughs> yes. You really want to see this in a tutu? Oh, you should have seen this one in a tutu, though. Oh, God, oh, I forgot there, about that. There's, there is video and pictures somewhere in, in the... Uh, is, and is that for A Heart's Journey? Yeah. Yes. Really? Well, it's not oh, in that film. Gonna, no? Oh, no, come on. No, no. That you would sell so many more tickets. You'd get so many more views. That has to you. be some blooper reel stuff. Yes. Oh, it will be, unfortunately. Yeah, come on. Yes. <laughs> Please. I know people. I, I think we could find a few people that would pay money to see that. Just that. <laughs> Let me, it was a weak moment. A weak moment? <laughs> <laughs> Went on for moments. <laughs> this was five minutes of gold. That's what it was. <laughs> Yeah, him and a tutu, that's interesting. Did oh, you see no, my no, costume no. from the party? Not, no. Oh, God. <laughs> I got to put that on our see, page. Okay. <laughs> that, no, don't. We'll lose listeners. <laughs> the, the progression of your costume, progression being a relative term. I took relative off the coat. <laughs> I took off the coat. Yeah, see, I, I'm fairly certain that you, next year's is just going to be a sock. <laughs> so, you're going to go as Flea from the Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it does seem like there's less and less clothing every Absolutely. year. Absolutely. You just look, go I back. I took a couple years off. I, I took a couple years off from the risque stuff. So. Those were the cold years. The and, cold years. <laughs> and, and it was my wife's idea. Yeah. Well, oh, see, again, again, shifting the heat to the yeah. wife. That's but yeah. it's true, and she'll admit it. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we got the Stitcher app. The Stitcher app. You can okay. definitely catch us on there. They now have their new offline mode. So when you log on, it'll put it right onto your apparatus, and you can listen to it anytime you want. Yep. Yeah. I'll do this because we keep forgetting it. www.themoviemadhouse.com. There we go. And you can always find us over at the Jason Mod Podcast Network. Yes. Our friends over there. We uh, mentioned the page, but we still have our group for the Movie Madhouse on Facebook. Yep. Mm-hmm. Either one of those is good. Yeah. Um, iTunes. You can search for us on iTunes. Just go in the search bar, put the Movie Madhouse up in there, and uh, our entire library will pop up for you. Just when you do subscribe. Uh, give us a nice five-star rating, if you will, and uh, leave a little review. Much appreciated. Or, as Jay would say, don't leave us a five-star and uh-huh. don't, don't review us don't at all. review us? No. Don't I'm tell your friends it. about us. Ever. 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 studies say reverse psychology works. When you tell them it is reverse psychology, it kind of ruins it's the like, flavor. Oh, it's like, here, sorry. take this placebo. Yeah, you just did nothing. <laughs> mm, no, I'm a sorry, sugar. nobody told me that part of the process. <laughs> anyway, I ain't no expert. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a little tidbit. Uh-oh. 
we do finally came through with our contest. Uh, I saw Christina with a C. <laughs> finally. <laughs> and we can finally put that bad boy to bed. Now we can have another contest. Four months later. <laughs> she is now, I would assume, currently enjoying her Blu-ray copy of Argo that she won <laughs> many moons ago. <laughs> About four months. Three, three and a half months. Was that before or after Jason joined? Um, no, it was... The week Just after that. I joined. The yeah. week after? Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Back in episode six. <laughs> <laughs> so she now has, she is in possession of her grand, wonderful prize. So we now know that a contest will, sorry, a contest winner will receive their prize. Yes. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> we do not give dead darlings. <laughs> we, no. Just you get it. Just shush. <laughs> so should we ever decide to maybe turn trouble down that rabbit hole again? Uh, and just be warned in advance. Yeah. Yeah, be I boarded it with up. Us. Be patient. <laughs> I boarded up that rabbit hole. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we've thoroughly exceeded our time. Yeah, I think so? we have. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, what are you gonna do? Jason will be going. Cut it out. Yeah, well, you know, I'm. You'll forgive us. Yes. We're Canadian. You can't hate us. That's right. If you do, we'll say, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Eh? Let's yeah. go get some Tim Hortons, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stop this nonsense <sighs> before we get fired. Yes. <laughs> All right. I guess that's going to wrap it up for another week. It's uh, been Mike. Jason. And Rob. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. See ya. See what I mean, kids? Just good audio entertainment these guys enjoy what they do and you can tell that they enjoy what they do and they enjoy each other's company and it just translates beautifully into a podcast you know these guys are also working on the live ver- well not uh, it's not live it's a video version like a tv show um called movie madhouse in your face and i'm really hoping that we'll be able to bring that to you here, right here on the Jizzle Modcast Network, because it's just as entertaining as their podcast shows. All right, kids, that's enough for this week. I'm going to go ahead and send you on your merry ways, but we'll get back together next week, and I'll dive back into the Jizzle Modcast archives, and we'll pull three more shows, and we'll enjoy them right here on Flashback Fridays. See you next time.